Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. Sunday night, perfect time for a street fight. The call-in show is happening right now. You can get a hold of us. That number to dial is uh, 614-655-3887. The queue is open. And I don't know, I'm having trouble. I'm not seeing anybody in the queue right now. But uh, I think there are some people in there. I need to refresh maybe. Somebody said they're in there. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us, as always. We're a podcast. We've always been one. Get us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all of that. But if you want to get more involved, there's a chat that happens every Wednesday night and Sunday night when we're doing our shows. You can see us live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Please come jump in the chat. Let us know what you think. There's a lot of cool people that are there each week. We appreciate you, as always, uh, helping new people get acclimated to everything that's going on here. For those of you that don't know, I'm Brett Payne. He's Brian Quinby. We're Street Fight Radio. Uh, we've been doing this for a while now, and we are hoping eventually that it will turn into a, a global movement to take down all uh, hierarchy. Eventually we'll get there, but for now it's just a simple radio show. But we want to hear from you. Brian and I have been working uh, on Street Fight. We don't have a regular job anymore. We want to know what's going on in the world of Street Fighters. So... Once again, that number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can find more bonus content over at Patreon. If there's not enough, just go to patreon.com slash streetfightradio. You can sign up for our bonus material, including probably over 100 audio shows. We've got a couple dozen zines on there, lots of bonus video, tons of amazing content. We are also now offering our... A, a new pre-order. We're going to do the first Street Fight hooded sweatshirt uh, along with a t-shirt. We had Lermworm come on with come up with a Facebook shirt for us. It says, I'm a legally barefoot, Kratom slugging, dick solin, Antifa veteran, and a friend of Alani. Don't like it. Live your life how you want. Stay the hell out of mine. You can go and see it on Patreon.com. You can go to store.streetfightradio.com to reserve it um, we're offering a discounted price for these pre-orders and we're also raising money for uh juntos out of uh south philadelphia that was the charity that uh Lermworm chose they are a latinx uh non-profit org that fights for the rights of immigrants in the community and surrounding areas so that's going to happen Lermworm's going to get paid street fight's going to be a little bit of money to keep this thing rolling it's a happy marriage uh and we are Obviously, having all these things union printed and union made, uh, we try to do it right whenever we can. Just check that out at store.streetfightradio.com to put your money down on the pre-order for that. We do appreciate it. Uh, we just we just left a, uh, a meeting for our live stream that's going to be happening here in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to do a variety show. Uh, so that's news about that is coming soon. There's lots of awesome stuff happening in Street Fight Land. Absolutely, yeah. Big variety show. Yeah. It's going to be big guests, a fucking band. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be like Jimmy Fallon, but rowdy. Yeah. That's the this plan. The plan. Yeah. The Basically, what we, what we, we wanted to be kind of like when Fear was on SNL. That's kind of the, the, the variety show we're going for. I think my favorite thing is we met with the band and we're talking to them and uh, they were like trying to come up with songs to like freak us out and do like irony songs. And every one of them, me and Brett were like, yeah, you can do that. And then uh, the lead singer was like, can I blade on stage? And I said, yeah, you can do that. Like, I think they thought podcast, 
me a laid back show. And I was like, you can't out iron a street fight listeners. If there's one thing <laughs> that our listeners all have in common is they love irony. So uh, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be a good show. And it, you're going to be able to watch it at home and um, live if you're near Columbus on that day. So uh, do it. But we're also going out west. Uh, Portland sold out already. Yeah. So uh, get your fucking tickets if you're somewhere else. I think... Uh, LA is shaping up to be a cool show. Uh, I have ideas that I haven't told Brad about yet, so I'm not going to say them. And uh, it's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, you can find that on our website as well. Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego. We're going to be there in like two weeks. Yeah, so it's been a wild weekend for me, Brett. I uh, Saturday, uh, we got paid. And uh, fr- so, okay, Thursday and Friday, I had $7 in the bank account. That was my fault. I made a lot of mistakes. We're past it. It's over. We have money again. A decent amount. I didn't fuck up this time. But uh, Friday night, we had 7 bucks in the bank. So Saturday, I woke up relatively early, and I transferred my pay from PayPal to my bank account. And then I was like, okay. So what do I need before we leave? Obviously, Kratom is what I need before we leave. Uh, I wanted the good stuff. So I went to the site that I go to to get the good stuff. And uh, tell them because they always ask us. Superspeciosa.com. I spent $268 on Kratom. I bought a lot. And it's kind of expensive, but it's like the good stuff. If you buy in bulk, I mean, it's expensive, but if you buy in bulk, it's cheap. Yeah, and it's the good. It's like the... I think the best stuff going, you know, it's my favorite stuff. So anyway, I, uh, they, they let you pay by credit card now, which is new in the world of Kratom. Yeah. So I go to type in my credit card number and, uh, declined type in my credit card number again. Maybe I fucked it up. Declined. Type it in one more time. Declined. So then I go to Zelle, which is like PayPal, but not PayPal. And I use that approved $268 five minutes later phone call from visa fraud prevention who starts listing we're you know we're gonna list your charges right um they list three different times that i had spent 260 dollars and then the one time where i spent 268 because they tack on a little fee freeze and sell or whatever whatever um <laughs> so uh I it says if you didn't make these purchases, press two. And I'm like, well, I didn't. I only made one purchase. I didn't make the other three, and that's like six hundred dollars. Seven hundred. Uh for, first, I'm gonna ask Brett what he would do in this situation. Would you tell them? Yes. Because I've, I've done this. You fucked you. up, right? No, not that you fucked up, but you're just acknowledging that you tried to do that. You're not accepting all of the charges. You're just acknowledging that you tried to do it. See, I thought I was accepting all the charges. And I thought they were charges. This, this was actually, they were reading the ones that got declined. Right. As in, like, somebody tried to run this three times right. and it got declined. Right. Right? So I'm like, I hit the button. And I'm like, no, I didn't do that because I freaked out because I thought they were going to take $700 away from me. So, uh, immediately call the bank. It's Saturday. They close at noon. I call the bank at like 1145 and I, I talk to the woman at the place and she's very helpful and she turns my card back on. Woo. 
Then I go and I I go to REI because, funny story, uh, I was taking one of my famous very long walks on Friday. And uh, listen, I maybe wasn't paying the most attention. I was writing a zine article as I walked. There was a fence. Okay. I walked around the fence. All right. Like out and straight forward. But. Turned out why the fence was there was that they were pouring concrete in a massive hole and it didn't, it came out a little further than the fence. I tried to explain this to you, but I feel like you probably thought it was just a dipshit anyway. Um, what I'm saying is the fence came this far. Fence, like a chain link fence? Not a chain link fence. One of those big orange plastic walls that they're all over downtown. Columbus oh yeah. Right I wouldn't now. call that a fence. You know what I'm talking? It's like a fence. I mean, I don't know what it's sure. called, but it's one of those orange walls. Barricade. Right? And you walk along those walls the whole time. You have to, you know? So I just sort of followed the wall. I come around and uh, I take a step and it feels weird. And instead of looking down, I just take another step. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm like up to my ankles in concrete. <laughs> Did anybody see you? Did the guys? Okay, so they were all... They were still pouring it, but they were all facing the other way. So I got the fuck out and just left. I felt like a fucking fool, dude. I felt so fucking stupid because not not because I stepped in concrete because like whatever, you know, I was on my phone. My fault. My bad. I fucked up. I felt dumb because of the second step into the concrete that I should have looked. I It was an odd step. The first I remember thinking like what is this soft like ground you know Uh, up to my fucking ankles dude ruin my fucking shoe so i go to rei and i buy a new pair of shoes and uh a new water bottle carrier because i lost mine which story about that is i had this stan sport water bottle carrier that brett got me for christmas that is magnificent you can wear it around your shoulder it has a little pocket in it and keep like some smokes in there or whatever and then you you put your water bottle in it you don't have to hold the water bottle i hate walking with shit in my hands i don't like it on 10 21 right when we got back from texas i was like i'm gonna order a new stand sport googled stand sport a hundred times went to a hundred different websites at listen walmart had it on the site and it said out of stock okay and i was like so i guess it's done you know they don't make the stand sport yeah, anymore i gotta get something new how the Stan Sport, how did that go out of business? I know. I don't know why Stan Sport is. I didn't think it was a, some damn fly-by-night company. <laughs> yeah, some Stan put his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Stan Sport is like kind of like Jan Sport, but it's Stan. Yeah. You know? Someone you can trust. Yeah. A, that is a guy's name I trust to Stan. like make something. You know what I mean? Like to make a thing a stand, for rugged yeah. men, rugged yeah. strong men like me. Like they make those, right? So fucking last night, after I get this thing, I got, and I'll show Brett now. It's a Nalgene water bottle, and I bought the water bottle holder, and then I had a guy make me a shoulder strap at REI. Out of what? With the cord for something. I don't know. It was just cord that they sell for 45 cents a foot. Oh, just like webbing. You have like... Webbing. That's what he called it. Yeah, webbing. So That's all it is. It's not bad, right? That's no, not bad. No, it's great. It's fine. It was $11. So, I get home last night. My wife Google Stan Sport. 
It's in stock everywhere, like at all the stores. So now I'm convinced that me Googling Stansport a bunch of times and going to the site and seeing it's out of stock made these motherfuckers order more Stansports. Yeah. And now I'm fucking not having a Stansport. I can't get one because I have a thing yeah, now. I'm silly. not going to do it again, you know? So I'm depressed about the Stansport. I'm hoping that some kind person gets me a Stansport for Christmas so I can throw this one away. It's fine. I'll throw it away if I get a Stansport, but I'm not buying a Stansport with my own money. donate it, probably. Well, I'll do something with it, you know? Uh, So anyway, I buy that. I buy all that stuff. I go buy a box spring, like, at the box spring store. Box springs are us. Original Mattress Factory, actually. Mm. I only buy high-quality bedding. Yeah. Uh, My daughter's been sleeping on a bed that's been broken for like a month and i was like okay you know she deserves better than this so i buy that and it was pretty expensive i go home i'm just hanging out at home just relaxing chilling out uh i'm like you know what my wife's asleep all day i'm gonna go to the movies uh i go to see terminator dark fate and uh, my car gets declined three times yep on the app okay so it's on that i also had taken out 220 dollars for a washer i bought and um, they he's, wanted paid in cash. You had all. You had to make sure you to spend all of the Patreon money as soon as you got it. No, I didn't spend it all. I didn't spend all the money. I just you're trying. No, I was getting things that we had put off and need. We needed a washer. I've been yelled at for not getting a washer. I finally bought a fucking washer. So anyway, we get we get the money. Uh, I'm like, I'm gonna go see Terminator because there's nothing to fucking do tonight, and I want to see the new Terminator movie. I go on the app. I look at the IMAX screen. There's fucking three seats in the theater, right? But I keep getting declined. But it's not saying I'm getting declined. It's saying we cannot complete this request. So I was like, you know what? If there's only, like, there's no way that only three seats are sold at Terminator on opening weekend at 9.15 on a Saturday. There's just no possible way. So I drive up to the theater. Car gets declined twice. Uh, they turned my goddamn fucking card off. I started getting messages for my recurring payments saying that, that I'm like, oh no. So now I got to deal with this fucking card thing and it's miserable, dude. It's, uh, I'm carrying cash, you know, I don't like to do that though. It makes me spend it. Yeah. You know, if I don't have cash, I don't spend money because I had to swipe the card. If That's I have spending money. Swiping the card is spending money though. Right. But I don't swipe it as much. I won't swipe the card as much as I will. If I have cash in my pocket, I will, I'm more like I look at the cash in my pocket as spent, you know, it's like I look at what's in the bank as my money and then whatever's out of the bank is not my money. Right. So $40 out of the bank. I got it. So I'm in a real rough spot, man, because we're going on tour Friday and my hope is that they'll just turn my card back on. But knowing banks, they might not just turn my card back on and they might have to send me a new one, which I don't like. I do not like that. And credit union. Look, I know you're supposed to do a credit union. That's like the woke thing to do, right? That's the best way to bank. Community banking, whatever. Uh, not open. Not no yeah. 24 hour line. Yeah. That's not good. Don't get that service. That's bad news. So, so uh, yeah. well, congressional baseball fan in the chat uh, says, wants to know what is the washer situation now? Also, you tube. Everybody, <laughs> okay. inquiring minds want to know. Here's what. the washer situation. It was hell. Okay. Mm. I went on uh, Craigslist, which is the demon's hell of a website. 
It's the worst place in the world, and I hate shopping. I love it. Oh, my God. It's the Wild West. You can do whatever you want on there. It's just a horrible world over there. It's just like a constant trial on there. You know, it's like, and every time I click show contact info, an error has occurred. I can't get the contact info. Mm -hmm. And so I send send an email, but nobody responds to that. I don't check my email very much either. So uh, I go to Facebook Marketplace. It is better than Craigslist. I'm going to say Facebook Marketplace is my new place to buy cheap used things. It's for most people now. Yeah, it's great. I mean, because you can just click a button that says, is this still available? And send them a fucking message. And then you can wait for them to call back. So what I did was I ordered a washer put together by some Lonnie. 180 bucks. Refurbed one? Yeah, refurbed Lonnie dish, Lonnie washer. Because I love Lonnie washers. That's all I've ever bought, you know? Found another Lonnie who had a big pickup truck. <laughs> and they were like, uh, we haul stuff. Anything you give us, we'll give us 20, we'll, we'll give you $20. And I was like, uh, and it just kept saying, they're not too big for my pickup truck. That's what the thing said. That's great. So I really liked it. Yeah. So I got a hold of him. He was like, yes, I want them both. And he said, what's the situation? And I, I, I told him, you know, you can park in my back and it's not a hard one. It's, it's probably one of the easier ones you're, you're going to do. You know, it's got to come up from a basement. Right. It's, always come up it's a tiny basement. basement. It's a small, weird basement, but it's, they got down there. They can get out. Yeah. And, uh, so he's going to come and take those tomorrow. And then one Lonnie's going to come and take both washers for free. Well, when they were going to pay me 20 bucks. And I was like, you can have them, dude. You just take I told them. you that's, a, I knew chalk it up for a those loss. are worth money. Like, yeah, you could get somebody to haul it out of there. So they're coming tomorrow. And then, uh, Alani is dropping off a refurbished washer. For Thank you. Tomorrow. This is, this is all it took. All it took was. You spent so much time worrying about it, you just had to take the few minutes to message some Lonnie's to solve the problem for you. <laughs> true, true. 180 bucks though, man. It's a little steep. It's, it's more. I mean, there's inflation. I feel like the last. I haven't bought a. Uh, the last Craigslist I washer I bought was like a Hundo. Yeah, there weren't a lot of those though, and all the. But that was ten years ago. Yeah, and all the one hundred dollar ones were like uh, you would send them a message that you yeah. wouldn't respond, and that's the thing I hate about it is like. I really would like to just buy things from stores because they're always there and they have the stuff and you can just buy it, you know, with, with Facebook marketplace and Craigslist, it's like, if like, I I understand that's basically what anarchism is in a way, but anarchy stores are just not, we're going to have to do something about anarchy stores, but, uh, it's just so much, dude. I messaged like five people and $180 guy is the only one that got back to me. So I was like, yeah, I'll fucking take it. That's also the washer Katie sent me that she wanted. So I okay. Like, I should happy buy. wife, happy life. Yeah. I should buy the one she wants. So I'm, I'm, I got a washer. I got rid of the other two washers. I am in a matter of six months. You're going to be spending less than you were at the laundromat. Oh my God, you don't know what I was doing at that laundry. Please don't tell it. Please don't tell us. I like, (laughs) so I got to a point where I was just like, just easier to dry all the clothes there too. Oh no. So I'm spending the dryer money and the washer money. How many loads a week? Uh, three and then three and then three, like three days, three times a week. I was doing three, they're 275 each. And then you get five minutes for a quarter. And I usually did 10 quarters. On the dryer. So seven dollars a load, two seventy five or whatever. I didn't think about it like that. Though. Yeah, I yeah. only did one dryer though. 
You do all the oh, you do all the drying. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Toss them all in one dryer for fifty minutes. It's. I don't think. I think about it as the two separate charges. Like I thought about the washers as like that's a bill. You just got to do the. You got to wash the laundry. Yeah. You know that's a bill. And then the dryer, I was like, that's a nice luxury. Get it all done at one time. So I was just paying for it. But it was a lot. Of, it was, I was spending too much money. Yeah, yeah, and for it was sure. Just too much of a hassle. And I hated that my wife had to do it when I was out of town. Yeah. You know, I traveled too much to be leaving her with that. Yeah, agreed. I'm trying to figure out how to do that in my house as well. Because I don't know. We're, I don't know. We might do like a laundry service like just once <laughs> while, while I'm gone because it's just like so much. I thought about getting like my laundry done and folded by somebody. It's the the place that the place near us is forty bucks for a bag. So okay, yeah, no, never. I mean, I will do that for the tour. I will pay that just to make things easier. Do they come and pick it up and drop it off. Yeah. Oh, you drop it off. They you drop it off. They deliver it back. I don't know. I, I mean, it's I not that. It's it's right sense. around the corner from. It's okay. really not out of the way. Yeah. But I have considered it uh, because it is a challenge. To, it's really shitty to like. Leave somebody all alone with a six-year-old, and then for two weeks, and then figure out like how you're supposed to make food, and also, you know, I mean, the single parent shit is tough, is what I'm saying. I've been thinking like, I I have been thinking a lot about like, uh, if I made like, I guess if I was somehow able to make two thousand more dollars a month, I probably would have somebody do my life. I don't think yeah, that's I don't I don't know. I you said you like doing it though. I mean. Part of me was like, okay, so there's this dead time at the fucking laundromat, and it was fine, and I don't mind folding it, you know? But I don't like dragging the stuff out of the house. No, I'm not talking about that. I mean, I'm talking about, like, I, I, do, I like folding laundry as well. Like, I I, I'm not trying to eliminate the laundry. I'm just trying to make it easier for my wife while I'm gone. But, like... No, I'm not going to ever outdo, outsource my laundry because it's an excuse for me to like take a break for an hour and just sit and do something methodical. Like, you can't even look at your phone. Right. I love it. You it's can a just bonus. Put a fucking movie on and you can just sit yeah. and stare at that goddamn TV and fold the It's the best. It's one of the mo- it is the one of the best chores in my mind because then you're like, "Ooh, all my favorite shit is clean. I could wear this tomorrow. I could wear this tomorrow." Like it, like it's not the dishes, you know. Like you're not filthy afterwards. Like it's all smells well, great. Rank your three chores. Favorite or what I do? Okay, so like, uh, let's let's rank uh, three chores from best chore to the worst one. So you'll have the best one, and then you will have the middle one where you're just like, oh, I guess I got to do it, and then you'll have the last one will be your absolutely worst. Right? It's not the most good way to do this ranking, but I think like. I can I can start out with with my rankings, right? Best chore, laundry, folding. Middle chore, not a problem, dinner. I fucking love making dinner. That's my favorite chore. Second favorite chore. And then my third favorite chore, dishes. It's like the worst thing in the world. It's like torture that you have to do dishes. And I have not had a dishwasher since the 90s. So <laughs> I've been doing dishes by hand since the 90s. I would say my top, I mean, laundry is my favorite, like, uh, laundry is my favorite one uh, to do. My second, like, the middle of the road to me is the bathroom, because I think the bathroom kicks ass, because, it, like, if you set a timer, it takes about 20 minutes to make that thing fucking sparkling. Like, it takes such a small amount of time, and you accomplish so much. Like, 
it's there it's not a it's not too big of a task to be overwhelming but you can get it from top to bottom in ship sh- tip top shape it should be 20 minutes or less like it's it's funny because in the early phases of our relationship when we moved in together me and katie uh, probably within a fucking year i think we sort of divvied up the chores and it has stayed that way since the whole time we've been together and it, I always feel like I got the best fucking, like I'm the best negotiator in the entire world. I it, Brett just looks at me like, you're the worst <laughs> negotiator. But like somehow I got it that I take out the trash and she cleans the bathroom because I hate cleaning the bathroom. That's a hate chore for me. Yeah. I hate it. So like I take out the fucking trash and then she cleans the bathroom all the time and I'm like take yeah, out the, the trash the easiest thing in the world. I have man. to say that is part of the heteronormative deal that we get where like we have to do the trash and it's like fine the trash doesn't bother me <laughs> but like a minute and a half yeah doing the trash but it, it killing bugs is like the man thing to do you know and uh, it's, it really impresses them oh, and you you get you get way more you do get way more car shit car shit car yeah. shit is because I've been. I've been going through it with the wife when we were on tour in Texas, the check engine light came on and uh, I'm like, as like, I'm an old redneck basically at this point where like when a check engine light comes on, it's like, oh, those things are bullshit. Yeah. You know, every time, like I just, I don't even know what it is, but my wife's freaking out about it. I'm like, I'll fucking get the thing fixed. Okay. I'll go check. I'll get it checked at AutoZone. I go to the AutoZone to get it checked and they're like, ah, some bullshit. Yeah. She went home and told her, ah, some bullshit. And she was like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, I don't know what to do. I hate that engine light. They should get rid of the engine. The service engine soon light is the biggest scam in the world. Because if the oil's low, the oil light comes on. Right? So what is the other problems that the check engine light has to come on? It's always nothing. It's always an O2 sensor. Right. Or it misfired once. Once. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all mine was. It misfired once. And it was like, oh, here, here, have the service engine light on forever until you go take it to a place and have them turn it, turn it off, which I never will. I would drive that thing with the engine light on until it fucking dies. I've always been that way. I'm, let's cancel the service engine light. Yeah. I mean, I think we need to have a discussion about how it's a tool of like uh, capitalism and <laughs> advertisement. And it's, it's not like inform, it's not informative. No, it's, it's not. It's not there to say like, "Hey, the engine like needs some help right now." It's there to be like, the dealership wants you to spend seventy five dollars every four months. You know, right. and you're right about that. It's not like helpful. It would be one thing if the service engine light had some way to like Bluetooth hook to your computer, and then you could find out what the issue or your phone, and you could find out what the issue was, right? But it doesn't. It doesn't serve any function. It comes on and. And like my wife thinks the engine's gonna blow, and I think it's nothing. You know what the service engine light is? A sales lead. It's a sales lead. It's a way to get you into in front of us of like a dealership or a mechanic for so that somebody can start to draw you in to start spending money. They fucking use them too in the ads, dude. You'll just drive by a car place. I'm like service engine light soon on. We're gonna turn it off for you. Yeah, you know. And it's like, well, if you're just gonna turn it off. That seems like it would only take a minute. I don't want to pay you $75 to do that. Yes. We, people in the chat, we know you do have to look up the codes. There is serious stuff in there, but they're all bullshit. I mean, like, most of the time it's bullshit. Yeah. And it's hard to discern, which it's like without uh, without having the stupid ECU plug-in, there's no way to realize, like, 
oh, that's just because it ran rich for one afternoon back in fucking September, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, 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 tr- and my car has a weird oil issue that I, avoiding thinking about okay well now now the service engine light seems informative again <laughs> well what i what <laughs> don't I fuck around with that that's, the, <laughs> my dad always said that's the blood of your your engine do you remember when my car broke down a couple months ago and the street fight was gonna pay to fix it because like when i went to start oh yes start right you remember that i took it to the dealership they took it in and uh they were like there was like no oil in there so they just filled it up with oil, and it's never done it again. The, the chat is right. You can get an ODB reader that will – you can just do it yourself for less than $100. God, that's so much to just – it's better just to leave the light on. No, not with – not every single night when you go to bed, Katie is staring at the back of your head and hoping that, like, the thoughts inside of her mind will make you die. <laughs> so that she can get a new husband that will just get rid of the check engine light for her. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right i mean I, she does think about it she's just wild about yeah you gotta it. you gotta do it you gotta do it anytime the car makes a weird noise she's like let's go get the oil change and i'm like but if the that, that's not the reason that the car's making a weird noise no. that's just some shit you convinced yourself of and the, someone the, you can get it red but shutting it off is different like you can go to any auto parts store they will tell you they will print it out for you but they will not like Whoever is in the corporate at like O'Reilly's is not going to let you change the codes. Like they don't want you to fuck with it. Right. And they, they were, the guy was like, oh, I don't know what that one means. And then he was like, Google's a good place to look. Yeah. So I Googled it and every site I went to was like, don't worry about that shit. Yeah. That ain't nothing. You know? You took it to AutoZone. They gave you the codes, but they didn't shut it off. Right? No, they won't turn it off. Right. You got to take it to fucking like. You gotta get your own. I agree. Get your own. I mean, when I was souping up my car when I was 20 years old, they were super cheap. They were cheap back then. They're fucking like a, they're like a hundred dollars. Right. But a hundred dollars is so much money. I mean, if you're going to be, if you're going to be the, sorry to say this, but the man of the house, I mean, you should have the right tools. If you're in charge of the car, if you're in charge of the car, you should have, uh, you should have a Phillips screwdriver instead of a butter knife. I'm in charge of certain aspects of the car that I can actually <laughs> fix and deciding when we take it in to get it you fixed. you plugged shit into computers before. That's why the oil thing is such a big deal. It's Someone like, got it for $9 at Harbor Freight. They okay, said. I'll go buy You're one. In. In. If it's 9 bucks, I'm buying Let's it. see. There's a you Harbor know? Freight nearby. There's a tr- tractor feed place at least. Yeah, so one of the, one of the weird things is like... Uh, like I have this issue where like I have to put oil in my car like every I don't know like month and a half or so and like it doesn't leak anywhere though. Like my car doesn't leave oil turd stains in the uh parking lots or the driveway or anything. It doesn't ever leak. But when I go to put the oil in, like the the thing that covers the engine is all oily. So I think there's a crack Eesh. in the block or something. It's my guess, maybe. Yeah, intake gasket. Okay, so I'm looking at Harbor Freight. They do have one for thirty two dollars. That's like the the cheapest one on here. That I'm getting. We'll do it for you. Well, I might not. I still. I don't care. Brian's go. But here's the problem: is that Brian is going to walk into there and they're going to talk him into the one eighty nine one, and then he's going to be like, "They shut my card off again." No, I'm not going to buy a hundred. I would just be like, I don't want it. I, yeah. Fuck it. I don't care. I don't want, I'm looking at this in tank manifold gasket. I can get one of those. I think I can do that. I think it's a crack block, my friend. 
I you would be having a like lot a more problems driving if you had a fucking crack. Huh? Maybe I'll take it in. I don't want to take it in, though, because I'm afraid they're going to tell me it's going to cost $1,000. You know? I mean, nothing happens, though. It runs perfectly when you put oil in it. Once it starts clicking and clacking, you put oil in it. Boom. You got yourself a like. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm worried now. How does it? I mean, it starts clicking and clacking and the light comes on. So I just throw some oil in it. That's how it works. And it's been great. And and I figure it's I don't I I don't believe in that. And let me tell you why. Because my car, when it didn't have any oil in it, right? When it was like I there was they said there was like almost no oil. In it, <laughs> no, why right? no, I've no no God. <laughs> so, you weren't are you ashamed to say like don't you feel ashamed when like a mechanic looks at you and says that kind of shit? No. I, I mean well, I do. When they tell like whenever they tell nothing? me like you really fucked this car up, I'm like, I knew better. I did know better. I wanna be greasy like you. I wanna be like a grease monkey that takes care of my vehicle and I forgot to put oil in it. But a thing I know <laughs> I ran it down to nothing. A thing I know I do that's bad is I don't get oil changes ever. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, but anyway, like so uh. I I don't get a lot of oil changes. The last oil change I got was before. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. It was one the probably the Hellfire tour. Actually, I got an oil change July, maybe earlier than that. Maybe it was the Southwest tour actually because it was cold when I got it done. But anyway, how many miles do you go? I don't have a set amount of miles I go. I just do it when I feel like it and I have the money to do it. You know, I'm a broke guy, dude, most of the time. And like, I also am like, I'd rather buy sweatpants than get yeah, That's why you're change. broke. I mean, you're not actually broke. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm a irresponsible. I just wrote about this for the failure zine. I, my greatest flaw is irresponsibility with money. But anyway, or bad priorities with money, actually, because I'll do things that are stupid and then be broke and then be like, ah, shit, I'm broke. But anyway, the fucking car, I just have to put oil in it every few weeks. And I figure if or every month, month and a half, I figure if you're making payments on a vehicle that you're putting oil in every single month. Yeah. Three fifty a month. I'm paying. Don't say it. Don't say it out loud. It just makes it worse. <laughs> so anyway, and I'm putting like I gotta buy the cheapest oil because there's no way I'm gonna buy like some expensive oil, you know. So I buy the three ninety nine oil at AutoZone, and uh, so I buy it and I put the goddamn shit in the car and I figure if the engine were gonna blow, right? If if, if if there wasn't any oil in the car, it just wouldn't start. And then I would be in the situation I was in a couple months ago. And I just go get some oil, throw it in there, and it'll start again. I got it all figured out. This is how I'm running the car. Everybody in this fucking room is shaking their head at me. But this has worked for me for years now. Three, four years. I've had this thing since 2015. It's going to be paid off next October. And I'm not going to fuck it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give it to my daughter. And it's going to run perfect. Well, I mean, I'll teach her about the oil thing. You, you got to put oil in it every <laughs> once in a while, you know? <laughs> I'll teach her the little quirks You'll of the key of soul. Trick, yeah. But, uh, yeah. You're like, well, no. You, they, what you always say is like, well, no one can steal this thing because they don't know the tricks. <laughs> <laughs> there aren't any tricks, dude. Like, every car needs oil. There's just some place where oil's they, getting out of mine, but not dripping on the ground. 
So I, I feel like it's fine, actually. Oh, God. I Everybody. do hate it when it clicks and cl- I feel bad when it's clicking and clacking. I got to be honest with you. Like when that when that thing's clicking and clacking, when I turn the corner, I'm like, yeesh. <laughs> I probably went a little too long this time. <laughs> I go throw two quarts of oil in and boom, it's all working. I don't, even ch- I don't know how to check oil in a car. Like I don't know how to pull the thing out and look at it because like, why you give me this look? I I don't know because this just were like for me like issues like this were very important to me it was like I have to know, I like I'm going to be piloting this fucking thing I better know how the fuck it works but that's maybe because I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance too They're early in my it's life it's important to me too it's not because you don't know how to check you still you don't know how to check the oil <laughs> well you you I mean you know what my dad though my dad showed me all of that stuff I, I that's my privilege that my dad. Uh, was fixing all of our cars in the parking lot of our apartment complex and never took it to anybody else to get it fixed unless it was electrical. That was his only rule was like, I don't fuck with wires at all. But, uh, he would, he would try to un, he would try to pull a jammed piston out of any fucking motor with anything that he could. Yeah. You know, he would like, he would do an engine swap in the garage. No problem. I mean, I changed the brakes. But not wires. I fixed the brakes. Right. But like the dipstick is even just, I think that you have enough acumen that if you could just run with it, like there's, there's, there's a line on there that you just look at and like, well, then you wipe it off, right? See, you already know. You do but you know. You pull it out and wipe it off. Yeah. How do you see where the oil is? You go back in. Oh, see, I should have known that. That's you get I rid of known, all the residue and shit that's been been like thrown all over it. You get rid of all of that, and then you get a clean dunk, so you can get like a good read on it. Yeah, I just gotta be straight with you, man. My dad always drove new cars and honestly didn't care. I, I think he. He like, there's no way he was gonna teach us. Jason could have taught me. I wasn't listening. Jason will be your car dad. He is a car dad. He no, Jason, I'm I love. I'm jealous. I don't have the skill. I desperately want it. If I had the time, I could do it. But I just fell out of it. Like I, I just can't keep. I can't do it. I don't, I don't have the time and the patience. And I just like I crumble under the pressure of some of those things where I'm like, this is going to take so many hours to do. Like it just, it just, it defeats me. See, the thing is, but like, like I really do desperately want to be able to just go out there and turn a wrench on something and figure it out. I mean, the thing about doing street fight for a living is like, you kind of feel like you're on the clock all the time in a way. Sure. So it's like, uh, you don't ever feel like taking a whole day to just do something, but there's this weird part of me that thinks at some point this thing's going to be self-sufficient. It's just going to run. And my plan is to learn how to work on cars. I might even rebuild one myself. I mean, it, there, there's a, th- I mean, we talked about it. Me and Nick uh, Hayes from means TV talked about like labor versus paying people. And that for you, it would probably save you money. Like it would be, it would actually earn you money to just, be able to learn that stuff yourself, you know? For real, yeah. Me, I'm like, that's just, I, I'm actually where you're at, where it's like, if I spend eight hours on my car, I could probably make three times the amount of money to pay for it, you know? Like, for me, I'm like a money maker. That's why I consider myself as like, I will just make more money to solve the problem instead of using my time to solve the problem. I, I just but want that I thing. do understand, I mean, I do understand being like, like I said, that's my, like, my dad was like, we're never going to pay a fucking mechanic for something I can get a Chilton for, you I know? guess I just think I wanted, I want that thing that, like, 
my dad had and that like all the other dads in the neighborhood had were like on Saturday and Sunday, they like didn't have anything to do. And they were just sitting around like fucking farting around the house maybe doing a home improvement project or working on a car or something and like nothing else, you know, it's just like, I can do it, but I can't do that. I have to fucking do something. I have to walk. I have to leave the house. I got to do something. So bikes are my, I mean, like I like to, I mean, I do like to, I don't do it enough, but this winter I've talked about, like, I'm going to set aside like some serious hours to listen to like some old screamo to listen to vendetta red and Thursday and uh, just work on bikes for a few hours because it's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, I do love turning a wrench. I have all the tools too; they're just going to waste. Yeah, but uh, I mean, uh, if if you made it through that segment without like going nuts, um, congratulations! You have a very strong. It's not well. Like you drove me fucking nuts it's on that. F- all good. That listener Ooh, scared me out there. The car is fine. Dude, everybody's concerned for you start, now. Don't. Don't do that. Don't see now they're going to come at me on Twitter and they're going to come at me in the Facebook group and they're going to come at me in a chat and be like, dude, you really need to fix your car. And it's like my car is working great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it at all. It's fine. There's nothing. As long as you put in oil, <laughs> as long as I put in oil about every fucking like 40 days, it's about every. And that's like a long time too. you know. It's not like it's not like I'm putting oil in every week or something. Like there were what, cars. What's your shit. threshold? What? What's your threshold? I mean, if I was putting oil in it every week, I'd be like, we gotta fucking fix this. Two weeks? You'd forget about it. It would be like it would line up with paydays at that point, right? Yeah. You would just get it. I would just get the oil. You're just like, well, uh, Katie got paid. I gotta go run and <laughs> grab a couple five W thirties. I would also buy the big thing. You know oh, what I the, mean? Yeah. I would just buy the jug of oil. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a buy every 40 days is this- just, it's like an extra little tax on driving a car. Hey, guys. Know? Hey, guys. I listened to a lot of feedback from the show. Uh, instead of buying it at a quart at a time, I got a, a <laughs> barrel of oil in the basement. It was way cheaper that way. So they now I'm, so I'm saving money now. They yell at me so much. <laughs> then, then, like, when I do the right thing, they're like, oh, you're not supposed to do it. Like, the grocery shopping thing, people were like, uh, you know. Uh, oh, you grocery shop like a psycho and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, oh, no, I don't. And then they started giving me tips. But I guess I, like, did it wrong. I, like, I bought the wrong stuff in bulk and stuff like that. And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, you people are never happy. Oh, yeah. I'm a moron. That's the problem. You don't buy bulk bread or produce. I would never, ever do Well, that. onions, I guess. Potatoes, For produce, I buy, like, three apples, two peaches. Three. No, the box. Apples last for, like, a month. You buy a bag of apples. Apples should be bought by the bag. They get all mealy after like three days. No, they don't. I think they do. I don't. I, 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 mean, I don't like, like the apples. I eat grapes, which also get soft after three days. So apples should be bought grape. by the pound for sure. Okay. Well, I don't believe in that. That's they a last. Wild. I mean, I do get charged by the pound for the apples. Right, but the three ninety nine. Do the three ninety nine pound. It like lasts. They don't do Honeycrisp that they way. They do. They don't do the big giant. They're all the small. They don't do. They, they do. look like motherfucking You're right. apple from the teacher thing where the worm comes out. I gotta say, know? I spend a lot of time correcting you, but I absolutely will seed and say when you buy the Honeycrisp in the bag, <laughs> they're like golf balls. I know they're teeny tiny. There's none like of them like apples. muscular, like fucking you know melon sized apple that I like. Right, when I was growing up, we had a crab apple tree in our front yard, and we would always be eating those crab apples. <laughs> what? 
Craig, you remember Jason? Yeah, we would just eat the shit out of those crab apples all day. We'd be out there playing kickball and be like, go grab an apple off the tree. And you just start eating it. A little bit of nutrients keep you going. And we only use them to whip them at people. Like, we would just throw them at cars and shit. Well, you know you can eat them. I would never. Why? It has the, like, it just has the worst reputation in the world. Why? It's horse food. It's crab apples. It's apples. Yeah, it's a but brand like, of it, apple. No, but it's not like a popular brand. They don't have a st- they don't have they don't have a sticker at the store for it. Like you can't go and get crab apples from the store, right? Like but you can go get Red Delicious, and those things suck balls, dude. <laughs> no, they have lots of nutrients in them. They suck though. You know, they're, crab apples they're, better than Red Red Delicious. No way. I can tell you that right now. Crab apples <laughs> right there with the green ones, which I also love. Oh, the greens are the great. Yeah, crab oh. apples taste like the greens, right? Are they sour? Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I honestly never ate one. It's just they're they're horrific. Your parents probably told you they were poison or something. My parents told me everything was poison when I was a kid, so I wouldn't eat it. It wasn't poison. It was just someone told me it was like horse food. They were like, nobody eats that. They feed that to like animals and shit. You don't want that. We have good apples in the fucking house that ridiculous. I bought. Ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to say. I had never heard something so you eat a crab apple. They're too tart to eat raw, someone says. That's a lie. We ate them raw all the time. We was just fucking slamming those apples down. I got it some- was like having, because my parents, <laughs> now now that I'm a parent, this is probably going to sound like some bullshit, but my parents kept no food in the house. They also had five kids, and we were all teenagers at the same time, so there's a possibility that they did keep enough food in the house, and it was impossible to keep up with the demand, right? That fucking crab apples were the best, dude. You'd just be outside. You didn't have to go in the house to get a food. You could eat a crab. I'm, I'm talking about teenage years. I'm too. looking at, I mean, you didn't dip it in like peanut butter or nothing. No, I just we fucking picked it off the tree life. and just ate it immediately. I just had, I guess, I mean, I, I, I was definitely broke as shit and I would did, still wouldn't eat a crab apple. I would just go steal candy from the fucking store before I would ever eat a fucking crab apple. I got some, there's some like uh, hearth to home, like, you know, wholesome blogs that are talking about how you can make delicious pies and shit with them when they're baked. Mm-hmm. Um, they're exceptionally again? high in pectin and acid content, which oh, makes good. them ideal for fruit jams and jellies. If you gave me a fruit, if you gave me a crab apple jelly, I would be in. Because you took the time to prepare it. Them motherfucking things look nasty as shit hanging on the tree. They look like apples, dude. Rounder. They're actually rounder than apples. Which is a beautiful shape. A round apple. Uh, you know, it, maybe it's just some sort of like, uh, it's some sort of programming that like food isn't free. Food isn't like just something that grows in the front of your yard. Um, but I also, I am totally I, I we just had regular apples I, I would take a red delicious i still like a red delicious put honey on it put some uh peanut butter on it put it in a fucking sandwich way better option than the crab apple yeah i don't know crab apples well, are good we got a few I mean, we have, we have like, we're gonna get off early tonight just so you know nice no if one wants to talk well we can i can post the number or? well we got some calls well we have to get to eventually the and then we'll talk a little bit we more. have an important one i want to take we've got the, oh Actually, before we take the call, I want to do this real quick. If you haven't tuned out because you're cringing about my... uh... Yeah, I mean, we did everything possible so far uh, to turn off anybody from wanting to hear this. you know... You don't know how to... You don't know I how do. to check your oil levels and your pro crap. Oh, I just apple. didn't know you had to dip back. I never, I could never figure it out. Cause like, why would you wipe it off? That's so you know funny that you're what is that guy doing? He took it out and he wiped it off and he's like, eh, interesting. That was really what I thought. 
that's it's not that funny though yeah i mean well i mean i you know it's like when you thought cum came out of the pubes it's just one of those so that was a weird thing though weird, that's much weirder and you than, consider yourself a very like reasonable you consider yourself normal which i think is the problem with all of this i'm the actually out of everybody i know and all my life, I have been the most normal person. Sure. Out of true. every yeah. single person. There are, everybody else is so fucking weird. Brett is pretty normal, I think. He's a normal guy. But I think I live a more normal life. You know what I mean? Sure. So anyway. Uh, so someone wants to know real quick, did you eat the yard mushrooms as well? Did you ever try the mushrooms no, in the that, yard? Well, oh, see, you don't eat mushrooms at all. Yeah, I hate mushrooms. And it's scary, you know? We ate dandelions a lot. We would just be eating dandelions outside. Dandelions fine. I've also I've considered it. Dandelion wine is actually something that you can make, and I've wanted to do it for a while. I think Jason, and now I might be wrong. He's going to have to verify this for me. But there was a period where Jason uh, would eat lightning bugs and then stick his tongue out. And the, like neon lights cool. would be on his tongue. I yeah. eat bugs too. He did a lot of cool tricks. No bugs are bugs are a fine protein. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I want to, I, this GoFundMe got sent to me. It's from Australia. Australia. Oh, hey, mate. Uh, wait, wait. Did me and Gwen do this? That's how the, the Australian people say no. No. Yeah. No. We've, we've heard it. Okay. So anyway, um, some climate activists were protesting one of the world's biggest mining conferences and met with an extremely heavy handed response from Victoria police. More than 50 arrests occurred in the first hours of the protest. And uh, needless to say, the police acted like the police. And uh, fucked them up. Oh, yeah. They beat them up and they're giving them jail time plus a $4,000 fine uh, for each person. Uh, so uh, they are raising money. There is a GoFundMe to raise money. It's GoFundMe.com slash F slash support dash activist dash arrested dash at dash mining dash conference and uh check the social media feeds we'll put it on there as well yeah i'll send it to brett right now uh but yeah i mean you know if you have a little extra money i just hate to see like good people that are doing the right thing uh end up in jail but uh, and uh see but that's the thing about it is uh you know i mean we can we can reorganize the money that we have i know that there's a lot of gofundmes that go around uh, somebody wrote into the show um, because they were having an issue. Basically, they, they're they're a union organizer out of Baltimore, and they're trying to get their shit together, and they have two jobs, and they were kind of, you know, climbing up the hill with two jobs, and all of a sudden, this second job is gone out of nowhere, which sucks, right? Because you've got like a whole house of cards going, you're running behind, you're doing your financial gymnastics, you're motherfucking jugging all of this shit. And then all of a sudden you don't have that income. So we were able to raise like enough money for them to float by, you know, and get shit back to zero. And I think it's, it's for me, it's really neat in the way that uh, everyday people can put $5 on something and change the outcome because I got a weed charge back in 2015 and street fight listeners paid for my lawyer. It, it caught like going to court sucked, but I didn't have like the same penalties that other people have. Jake, uh, our audio engineer went to motherfucking jail for his Facebook post and he didn't have to pay for any of that, you know? And that was a very expensive case for him to win. He's being charged with terrorism. It's awesome. We are also, uh, we, we also are, uh, 
Oh, actually, yes, Jake. Well, I would love that. We uh, we also are like uh, we're gonna help Terrence out for all you people out there. It's fucked up what happened to Terrence, and uh, we're gonna give him a hand. Terrence from the Trillbillies got caught with weed. I haven't even heard the story yet, to be honest. Yeah, we Did got you? his back though. It don't matter. I I haven't heard it yet, but we have. He's been informed. We're we're gonna we'll make sure that goes away. But this, I mean, these are ways to help. I mean. W- Back at the beginning of what we do, even when we were doing like stand up comedy back in 2009, like I, I thought it was a funny joke to say that people could like be bad at their job and we could set up a fund where they would like I, I used to tell this joke 10 years ago when I was trying to do stand up about how we could set up a slush fund for meter checkers for the people that walk around and do the meters basically we would go out on the streets we would contact them and tell them not to do their jobs and they would go for as long as they could not writing tickets for parking violations ever and what we would offer them is protection after they got fired until they were to find gainful employment again you know yeah yeah and that's what i want to do is like i want to use money in like insidious ways like the same way that everybody else uses money to lie, cheat, and steal. That's what I want to fucking do. I don't want to be like virtuous. And I don't want to fight a fair fight. That's democratic bullshit. I want to reorganize this money so that people cannot have a job and just fucking riot, you know, for months on end. Yeah. Like I've talked, I talked to, uh, talked to Joy, one of our, our, you know, mods in the Facebook group. And I was like, I, I was really considering, trying to figure out like what kind of a monthly stipend you would need to to set up a base camp in front of those ice facilities and just create a continuous protest, you know, and we could funnel the money to you until it got to a big enough thing where we all had to, to just leave our jobs and tear down the White House. Nice. I do like that. I do like that. So, you know, if you run into these if you run into these sorts of things, uh, the, the arrest help and stuff like that, the, the, the GoFundMe is going to be in the notes for the show. And, uh, that's it. Like, uh, let's, let's take a call, man. All right. Thanks for listening to street fight. Let's see who we got here. On yeah. The first thank you one. for that. Thanks for, thanks for calling in. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Howdy. Hello. Hello. We're here. Hey. hey Jacob. Hey Jacob, how are you? What up? Good guys. It's nice to hear from my two white dads. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Hello. for calling in. Hello. Okay, sweet. Some people don't Hello. know J- Jacob, Hello. uh you you're uh you're one of our Oh shit. I'm I'm I feel like I was about to use the wrong thing. I don't You're one of our First Nations <laughs> listeners, right? You're you're one of the oh. <laughs> That's right. I'm okay. indigenous. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. You can call I don't I mean I, yeah, I don't know. It's all good, man. It's fine. No, no, I it's just it's something I don't say out loud. It's something that like I totally respect online and read about all the time. But then when I'm having like being out loud about it, it's like, oh fuck, how do I not be stupid? (laughs) No, it's all good. I feel like it's definitely different in the states, and like I feel like I'm not the type to really like say it's cool to say or whatnot because I've. You're like my other white dad because my dad is also white, so and I definitely look more like my dad than my mom. It's kind of one of those things where, like, yeah, it, it. I mean, in Ohio, it's like an odd thing because there aren't, like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of indigenous peoples here. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't run into. Well, them. Yeah, but it's not when like I lived the in Southwest yes. and shit. Like when I was in Dallas, it was a way bigger deal. There oh, were powwows yeah. and there was lots of stuff that happened down there compared to where up here. 
Yeah, it doesn't happen much up yeah, here, so it's, it's hard like, to. Like, it's even hard, like for me, it's like I w- I would love to have people. Uh, I would I would love to have people on the show, more more uh, indigenous peoples on the show and stuff like that. And it's just like uh, I, I I just don't know enough people. I really stink at knowing people. Oh man, you know? I can uh, I'll shoot you some good people to reach out to. There's this one dude in um, I can't remember his name, but he's DNA. Like he lives out in uh, in Arizona, so he's like he's, I guess like Navajo. I'm not really sure. Like I'm not up on all this stuff, but he's like in his early 20s and he's running for his tribal council strictly on like a platform of like turning the Navajo nation into like a Marxist socialist government. Sweet. Yeah. That's That's amazing. He's on podcasts and stuff like that. He's a really cool dude. But um, yeah, I don't want to hem you guys up too much, but I got, you're talking about cars and that reminded me of a story so I can tell you a real dirtbag tour story. And then I can also do this draw that I've been posting about in the Facebook group for a while. Okay, can I can I tell you something? So which you can't Yeah, put you, it down. You can't come on here and tell me that I'm doing my car wrong cuz I think I'm doing it perfectly, but I would love to hear a story about your car. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, here's the thing, it wasn't my car and it was a big old van. So like when you said that your van was bone dry, empty of oil, it just reminded me of being on tour. I used to play in like a in a band or whatever and uh Everybody in this story is a Terry because I don't know if this is still like a heady thing or not. But um, so I used to play in a band and we close to before we broke up, we did like a full U.S. tour and whatnot. And we to do the tour, we like rented a van from this person that was just sort of like low key loaning anybody that asked their van. This is like it was a wild ass van, too. It had like a shag carpet in the back, like no back seats. So we all just sort of like arranged pillows in the back seat to <laughs> sit on right <laughs> so like, we like so that was the situation there's just like shag carpets in the back and all of our amps and stuff sort of rolling around all over us it was like it's like traveling living room passengers yeah basically it was kind of sick but um it was yeah man that van was wild but um we went from i think we well we started in seattle then we would have gone down but that was such a gong show of a tour because we played seattle and portland and idaho but then we had no dates from between idaho and nebraska oh wow so we just shot so we just shot from idaho and like very like very western idaho so like barely outside of oregon and just shot across the midwest to nebraska but in doing that we also did like this insane detour to go to the Overlook Hotel, which was a joke. Don't ever go to the Overlook Hotel. What, what's like, wrong there? I think we all imagine. Well, we all. Well, I mean, you know, shining. Spooky oh, hotel, I know that. But it's not like the hotel that Stephen King stayed at. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't a spooky hotel. It was just like the hotel from the movie, and it was just crawling with tourists. I've been to that one. We were the spookiest people there. Yeah, I've been to that one too. <laughs> what did you think? Um, what did you think? It was very tourist trappy. I bought like cheap nachos and like a bag of Doritos or something like it was uh it was all right I I didn't like the history there was all like propagandized the whole thing was just so regular American history type 
thing. I, I wasn't impressed, yeah. I guess. I mean, it, it was neat to be in like, yeah, we, I, I did like, I mean, I do like old buildings and I think I did get something out of looking at it and seeing how like you would be creeped out about if you were there staying, but it had been turned into such a tourist attraction that I'm just like, I mean, I don't like that shit anyways, you know? Yeah, man, it was trash. Like it was not that sick. And like, with like knowing what you do now about the overlook, would you have taken like a twelve hour detour on a thirty six hour drive? Oh my no, god! I would fuck never. no. Here's the thing: like we our, don't even take a one hour yeah, detour. Cool. Or a, we did. We took a thirty six hour just, dude. Yeah, it was. Oh we don't even god. take. <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you something, Jacob. We don't even take twenty five minute detours. We like everything has to be off the road that we're driving. I am very strict about tour driving because like we have to save the money and you have to get to the place and like the longer you're on the road, the, the, the worse you feel <laughs> for all the shows. You know what I mean? So yeah, like dude. on this next tour, yeah, we're doing a 10 hour drive, but we have, we will get into town and we will be there the day of the show instead of doing like half of it and then driving the other half and then getting in town like five o'clock and just walking on stage. I don't really like, I, I, I mean, like I'm not a, like a diva or anything like that. But well, no, get yes. I'm not like a diva. So I was type, yawning. I'm not a diva well, type guy or anything, no, but I like to be in town. Raw crab apples. Yeah, I do. I do eat raw crab apples. Thank you. <laughs> but I like to be in town. Like I do really like to be in town. And uh, do like I, I like to be in town the whole day of the show instead of getting there at like three thirty five o'clock and having to rush to the place and do the show. Which like yeah. I can perform either way, but like I am better when I woke up in the city that I'm performing in and oh, spent my whole day yeah, doing man. what I wanted to do and then go on stage. I'm actually best in Columbus because I wake up in my bed, <laughs> go sounds, to the place, and go home. That sounds Devon. That you, sounds fucking tight. You know what's funny about actually that... Uh, I can't remember the name of that hotel thing. The only reason I ended up there was because uh, we bought a, like, a, a TripAdvisor tour of the Rocky Mountains, and like it's on the way. What was it? And yeah. and so it was like, for so we got to see it just because I I felt like they were forcing it on us. Like I only saw it because we were on the way to something else, and it was like they're definitely trying to just. This is probably part of their contract that they'll pay you know per head to to just funnel people into this cheap nacho fucking historical museum, you know. <laughs> yeah, but that's a that's like a ten side tangent. But like the main story is related to oil. Um, so we, we'd gone on this tour and at that point we'd like gotten through like the worst of the drives and stuff like that. And we're doing pretty solid. Like we went like from Nebraska, we went to Virginia, DC, and then New York. And in New York, the show was sick. I think we made like 1500 or something, which is like unheard of. I love New York. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we are. That's amazing. Stuff like that. But yeah, New York and the West coast are like that for us. And it rocks like a lot. (laughs) Yeah, man, we were like, we were just on cloud nine from, we were going to go stay in Detroit because our singer had some family there. So we were like driving to Detroit and like just on cloud nine, like wanted to go to six flags. There's like five of us. We're just going to go to six flags and ride rides all day and still have enough money to get to, get to the show in Canada and whatever. And just, so we got to um, 
got to Detroit, and then at that point, we figured it would be a good idea to take the van to the garage just to take a look at. Mm-hmm. So we we brought this van to this like very like, I mean, it was a Lonnie garage. Like everybody in there was a Lonnie, but I don't want to call them Lonnies because it, they're not. I don't know, man. We got burned pretty bad. We like they like lifted the van. Those Lonnies will burn you. Good on them for checking. Oh, Lonnies are like like. Look look at the bottom of the van. Lonnies are like like a campfire. Getting burned by Lonnie. Right, that's what I'm saying. Lonnies are sort of like like a campfire or something like that, where most of the time it's really cool, but sometimes they're gonna burn you, man. (laughs) They'll get out of control and burn you, man. (laughs) We got fucking fried, but so they they hoisted the van. And we're looking at the underside and one of the, there was a word for it, but I don't remember what happened, but basically like the axle is like bent in half. Ooh. I don't know. Like there was like concaved or something like that. And they were like, Oh, if you're like hit a bump on the highway and your axle's like this, like your thoughts, like your van's going to fold, you're going to lose your axle and stuff. So we were like, Oh shit. Yeah. Could you please fix that? Oh, the, an axle is going to cost you like, a ton. The, an axle. Dude, I got to guess yeah, $2,000. <laughs> Yep. I knew <laughs> it! Because that's a nightmare fucking <laughs> price to fix a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's Dude, just, yeah, you go I mean, in... It's like, well, it's one of those ones also where you can't just, like, you can't just go and put axle grease on it every 40 days to, like, until it <laughs> until it gets... No, it'll snap faster. Yeah. It's not one... It's something that, like, you're like, <laughs> fuck, I have to do that right now, don't I? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't exactly. like that. But, I don't like the I mean, 40 like, days luckily, thing. Like, I mean, if, if it was oil, you'd be like, fine. We were like staying at my, yeah, like we, but I mean, like, best case scenario for that to happen, I guess, because we were staying at my friend's family's place and stuff, so we were comfortable. So we like took a couple of days. We didn't have anything planned because we were visiting anyway. So they were like fixed up the axle and like we went, we took the van there to change the oil. So like they, yeah, whatever. Spent a couple of days, went to the garage. They were all like, yep, here's your new axle. Like, good as new. Hop in the van. And it did feel a lot better actually driving now in retrospect. Lonnie's saved us. But we took the van and it was maybe like a three block drive from the garage to this guy's house. And fucking what just as we pulled into their driveway and got out of the van, we looked over our shoulder and saw this dude from the garage ripping in their pit like tow truck just flying down the street at chasing us and then he jumped out of his tow truck shoeless like ran into the driver's like we were all just sort of like standing there outside the truck like dumbfounded by this guy like flying out shoe like no shoes or socks like jumped out grabbed the keys opened the front door popped the hood and then out of his back pocket took a just a quart of oil and dumped it into the engine (laughs) <laughs> just like completely drained this quart of oil, just dead ass, no funnel or anything into the engine. Yeah, I couldn't do that. When he did when he did this, he like heaved a huge sigh and looked up at us and was like, "Should run good now." Wow! <laughs> like as quick as he came, jumped in the truck and drove away. Gee, I I do what I do is, not use a funnel. On did my they oil. steal the oil? I don't like. Why would they? Why would uh, they okay, just so so? I'll just, I'll, the story's got a So we like, I don't, like, no one really knew what to make of that. So we were just sort of like, sure. I think we were all just sort of like uneasy or whatever. And then four days later, 
we had played a couple more shows and we're leaving Boston to go to Quebec. And then in the middle of the night, like we'd done an overnight drive after playing Boston or whatever, we were just going to get straight to Quebec and spend a day as you do, as one does. And then maybe like as the sun was coming up at three in the morning, the van just lurched and like we heard this huge like lurch metallic thud and then it just stopped yeah like in the middle of nowhere in vermont uh see it was because they just forgot to replace the oil before we started the van again see that's the thing about touring that is uh (laughs) really unnerving is like when you're touring like when we did the southwest there were times where we were just driving for like 45 minutes and didn't see a single like gas station or anything like that. And I was yeah, like, man. man, this, this looks bad. You know, like if you get stuck there, you're just fucked, you know? Yeah, dude, it was like, it was rough, man. All we could think about was that dude, like coming over the crest of the hill in that truck and like just burnt. Yeah, unfortunately, but, you couldn't pay. You couldn't pay I mean, enough was, to well, have someone well, follow you around and uh, force oil into your car when you needed it. <laughs> I say every week and a well, half, well, every month and a half. Like, I think they. I mean, like, I'm well, sorry. I, I mean, just like, say every just month and like, a half, you should uh, put some oil in your car just to be safe. You know, it's a little thing I do. I think that's a, yeah, no, absolutely. But just don't uh, run your car without oil in it. I guess that's like, a bad I idea. Just, I feel like, yeah. Terrible. Unless it's on Hondas, you can run dry. Really? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, they they really are, they take a beating. Wait, what? Really? Hondas? No, I mean I, I've had li- just like in my day, I've had lots of friends and girlfriends that didn't realize you have to change the oil in the car, and they would just let it run, and, and those things went for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So duly noted. <laughs> but, uh, I'm just gonna my beautiful girlfriend has been cooking dinner all all night so i'm gonna do this draw quick so i can go eat <laughs> okay yeah but, let um, me just tell you this though i gotta <laughs> tell you this oh no that was two days two days ago it was men make dinner night and mm-hmm. i hope you made dinner jacob i made dinner last night uh, two days ago did you make dinner i made a I made a bountiful feast. Okay. Well, so, that's, see, wait, I like it. Let me, clue, let me clue everybody in here. Uh, Jacob makes uh, beaded jewelry. <laughs> uh, Jacob makes beaded jewelry and was going to do a, we did a fundraiser for our mutual aid fund that we have in the group and said that anybody uh, that. Unofficial. No. Right. We're gonna we're gonna make it official. So a mutual aid fund. <laughs> it's fine for now. I'm I've actually <laughs> okay, talked to my you. lawyer and I haven't talked to the other people, but yeah, we're we're gonna make it legit so that we don't have to worry about doing it in the shadows anymore. Uh, but uh, you did a fundraiser for the mutual aid fund. Um, the winner would get some of your jewelry. Uh, you do some mm-hmm. amazing beadwork. I do want to get like a red and black set from you. I want like a necklace and a bracelet that's like red and black to match. Oh, buddy. Um, well, and I just wanted to say too, for anybody that's in the Facebook group right now, um, this wasn't the only time that this is going to happen. If you didn't, weren't able to afford to get in the draw or anything, I'm working on a CNT medallion. So that should be out for another Lonnie Shoebox fundraiser in like the next month or so. Awesome. So, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm pumped. And what about? Well, is there? Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, are you formally doing this? If anybody wants to like get some, come some cool beaded jewelry, can they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, I mean, it's not super formal. Like, I mostly just do it for friends. But if anybody's in the Facebook group or like, um, if you need me to yeah, bridge, know, if I you like, need like, me to bridge the gap, I will. I will do the ordering for those of you that aren't on Facebook. I completely understand. Uh, you can message or email oh, streetfightradio@gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the. I'll do the in between to make sure you can get some of this cool beaded jewelry. Hell yeah, dude! If you would do that, then I would. Then I'm definitely uh, down to make some stuff for people. I'll be the broker. I'd charge ten percent off the top. My dude, yeah, the middleman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I... Like right now, right now I'm just making. <laughs> right now I'm just making. Uh, there's a friend of mine that's a vendor at a bunch of powwows and stuff like that. So I'm, he's kind of like my exclusive dealer. But I can make some. I'll make exceptions for Street Fighter. Nice. <laughs> And it's cool. I mean, it, it, it is neat. I do like, I mean, I really did. I have to, I mean, not to make this longer than it has to be, but I really do like your ethos about how you wanted to provide, you know, I mean, like, you know how much we love that native shit. You know, you know how much like white people go wild for that shit. I mean, it's cool and it's attractive and it means so much, but we have a problem of like taking people's ceremonial shit and being like, this is my new style. But, um, you know, you've offered your yeah, surfaces yeah. in a way that like uses like traditional methods of jewelry craft that isn't like you're not selling like ceremonial jewelry to people. You know, you're not selling like it, you know, yeah, important. Exactly. You're not selling a part of your heritage. You're just you do have a skill when it comes to making jewelry. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's just like I've like I've learned how to bead from a couple elders and like people that are my age, which is like an interesting experience. And like everybody has different opinions on like what people can wear you know what i mean sure like, but ultimately like i think the thing is is that it's like people don't often think about like when like beading's like a contemporary craft for like for like a contemporary form for like native people you know what i mean like we didn't have like glass beads or certainly not like cord or like even like the kind of calico fabric and stuff until colonization there's actually like a really interesting beadwork artists that kind of explores that history, like the history of colonization with a lot of contemporary native art and crafting and stuff in his work. That's really like, it's pretty tight. I'll send you guys a link to his stuff, but um, I would be, yeah, I'd it's love just to a see really it. interesting history. And I, I don't think, uh, I think, don't think people think about it in a lot of nuanced terms, but ultimately I feel like if you're like, if you know the person that you're buying the beadwork from and like, because my thing too, like with, like, I don't do this in official capacities because there's a lot of, like, native elders that live in, like, the downtown east side where I'm at that, like, make money by beating. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, like, take their business and, like, go, like, sell a bunch of stuff at, like, craft markets in Vancouver because that's where a lot of them will go to, like, sell their stuff, right? Right. So I'm just trying to, like, yeah, just try to, like, be aware of, like, who am I affecting by offering my art for you know what i mean yeah. like i just don't want to like take money out of people's pockets who needs it more but no but you're right but it, is, uh, but Street but fighter exclusive man <laughs> agree no i know i anyway, appreciate yeah, the candor on that i mean no there there is an amount like i i've seen the discussion happen in other places where it's like the discussion is like i mean if you're going to go out and buy mucklucks like it would i would like native people would be a lot happier if you just came to them and bought like the artisanal fucking moccasins that they made you know like no one's going to be mad yeah, like people are mad <laughs> when a gigantic corporation is ripping off their thing if you go to them and are like i need some fucking good shoes made for me that is not as much of a there's no contention with that you know like you know i like yeah, like exactly. i said I, I like the bead i like bead work i like turquoise i do like all of those things 
when it's become commodified or <laughs> oh, commercialized yeah. or taking out of context, um, that it does that is shitty. But you know, if if you're taking the time and effort to, uh, you know, purchase it from somebody that is, you know, carries down the tradition and is a part of all of that. I mean, I feel like both sides are happy with that. Like that's that I feel, you know, the whole, the whole aspect of appropriation in our culture really comes down to is like, who's benefiting and profiting and, you know, how much equality there is, you know, like people, no one would give a shit if everybody was like, got to live on their own terms. It's only a matter because like urban outfitters is selling fucking dream catchers that people are making a stink about fucking dream catchers you know yeah man 100 percent. you get it sorry yeah dude i'm a show off no no, no. <laughs> what's this the freaking woke olympics over here what the shit dude oh god what are we comparing each other's wokeness no, dude. i'm doing a fuck hey oh, listen god. to me i'm doing a whole show all the women are get all the guests are women for an entire month. Okay? Six weeks, seven weeks, maybe. Can I get a little bit over yeah. here? No, I'm kidding. Oh no. <laughs> Just starting oh, no. to yell at everybody. All right. Thanks all right. for calling, Jay. No, no, no. We have to do the we have no, we're doing a drawing here. We have to find out who won. <laughs> he's trying to eat dinner, dude. No, he's trying to do a drawing. Okay, let's do it. No, but I'm, I got to do the draw first. Then go. Eat. Okay, let's do the drawing. <laughs> but uh, okay, here we go. Let's see who's getting a beautiful necklace. Um, what's your method? Are you doing random number gen- number generated? You got a hundred sided dice. Yeah, I just got a I got a bunch of little bits of paper and a bucket hat. Ooh, analog. Yeah, baby. You can't uh, right. fix that. Uh, can someone do like a countdown? Because I don't know when to pull my hand oh, out of the pack. Shit, I don't know. Like five, four, three, two, one, me, three, two, one, three, two, one. Draw it. I don't know if I'm supposed to say people's names on. It's Aaron. Aaron something. Okay. So if you're an Aaron and you someone, entered the contest, what's the last initial? S. All right, Aaron Works S. For me. Aaron S, you are the winner of the, uh, I mean, they're probably in the Facebook group. Get a hold of Jacob if you know who he is. If you don't, um, just get a hold of streetfireradio at gmail.com. Prove that you are who you are, and uh, we will get that deal done. Thank you, Jacob. We appreciate it. I'm sorry to hold you from your dinner, um, but it was awesome to talk to you. No, it's all good. It's all good. My, My beautiful girlfriend, Amanda, is a big, big fan as well. Sweet. Well, we're sorry like, we I'm did sure that. He's like glaring at me. Just kidding. <laughs> Keep smiling. Have a good oh, night, <laughs> Jacob. Thanks for everything you do. Just we appreciate it. Have a good night, guys. See Just, you later. All right. Yep. Make bye sure bye. you take out the trash, Brett. kill Brett. the bugs, and get the check engine light off, and Make you'll be fine. again tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you missed make. That was it's like a funny tweet today exactly. from uh, NBC4Columbus.com. Oh, yeah, they fucked right? up so bad. They just got ratioed like crazy. Poor intern was probably told to do... Because, like, here's what I think happened. Because I looked up National Men Make Dinner Day, okay? I looked it up. There is a website for National Men Make Dinner Day, Right. Uh, I'll get it up here because I, I want you to hear this. I, I, I want this to like, because this is a weird thing. NBC4, which is our local NBC affiliate, shared uh, a graphic online. It was for was Friday. It was Friday. It was insulting to every human. It was somehow 
insulting to everybody. You know, it was like not to the old cook. school. I mean, the old school men don't cook, right? Does yeah? We used I, to get that deal, man. We got we don't get that deal anymore. No, what I'm saying you is, you'd be like, an absolute loser. Like you'd have to do anything except for go to work, and then you'd come home and be a slob. Yeah, but I'm saying like what I'm trying to say is like uh, a a lot of men cook. It's not like a thing that men don't do. A yeah. lot, a lot. Okay, like most chefs are men. Uh, I mean, probably not. That's a different scenario. But there's a lot of people that Home cook at restaurants versus, that are men. That's because it's com- that's competitiveness. That's like the and when it comes to job stuff, that's competitiveness. That's not like a male thing. Cooking at home is like a woman's labor thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess like in some houses, but I think that's increasingly sure more rare. And and I think that like, but I know two of that we're friends with that are like that. Yeah, I mean, well, I knew two men that couldn't cook on Friday. If you asked them to cook, they couldn't. Two brothers that we know that don't know how to cook. Okay, well, I do. I actually very I know how to cook very well, and Brett does too. Uh, and we've learned. I guess maybe I'm just in my own mind then. I'm like in my own little bubble where men cook because everywhere I go, men cook. It so has changed. No, it's changed. It has changed, but I also think that like. I mean, there's still dudes that do not do not touch the kitchen. So they post this thing. It's which, not like we've solved that problem. I don't think we've solved it. It's not, it's like the Nazis. We haven't solved that. Yeah. So they have this thing, and actually, they said it was two days ago, but it's actually November seventh, two thousand nineteen. It's called National Men Make Dinner Day. I'll read you a little bit here. Uh, what the heck is National Men Make Dinner Day? Uh, are you a guy who cooks on a regular basis? A man who is at home in the kitchen and enjoys creating culinary delights for yourself, your family, and friends. Fantastic. You are in the majority. And that also means National Men Make Dinner Day is not for you. So they're (laughs) doing a national day for something that's horrible, like men thinking that cooking is women's work. Yeah. I You don't... I'm pro. Brett thinks men... Uh, Brett thinks uh, cooking is women's work. I don't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they're saying that most men statistically are willing to make dinner. And they're saying that this day is not for those men. So it's just for a bunch of scuzzy guys that don't cook dinner. Right. That's what I'm, I'm supportive of that. I think that those guys should be told, like, you have to make dinner tonight. I know, but they should be told you have to make dinner, like, three times or two times a week yeah, out of a seven-day sure. week. Or make dinner happen. No, no, nobody's telling. That's the thing about cooking dinner. Like, I don't want some fucking dude to make my food that can't cook. Like, I don't want that. See, but that's and the no easy thing. And no woman wants that. Right. And all you have to do is be bad at it, and then you can get away with, like, just being a guy that's bad at cooking, and you never get asked for it again. And, like, you can just lean into being... It's like cleaning, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, you know, I feel like, like, that's the... Like, I, I, only women cook is, like... I don't Mostly know. women cook. Okay. I mean, I I don't even know if that's true. I mean, I know that it's a problem that there are a lot of men out there that believe it is not their their responsibility to cook and but they you also- eat takeout until they get married and then they get married and they make their wife make their food happen. But like for me it's even like, look, y- what you should be in charge of. You should be in charge of 3 or 4 days a week. And that's how it works in my house. The nights I'm in charge, I might cook, I might go get something. But I, it's just, like, I don't think, most people don't make dinner every night. 
it's like about making dinner happen. And even if you're a person that can just make dinner happen, fine, you know? But, like, uh, I know that, like, I have read multiple studies that say that, like, in most relationships where both people work, the woman still cooks and takes care of the kids when she comes home because it's sort of like a, a just a custom yeah. thing that, like, uh, has been set up. Right. And, like, that sort of, they take it on as their job. And even, like... I can't really identify, I guess I can identify in the early, the first year and a half, two years of Gwen's life, Katie did almost everything, but that's also when I learned to cook. So it was sort of like, I was bad in the way that it was like, uh, you got to take care of this kid. I don't fucking know what I'm doing. I'll cook. I'll learn everything. I'll do whatever. And, uh, you got to take care of this fucking kid. And, uh, so I even saw like that in the same kind of light you know and then as time went on uh it's been so long it's been since Gwen was three that i just took an active role in her life and also like making sure the house runs and i, I actually do that now and uh i i don't know man i i just like i i hate I, it does feel insulting to me a day like you're doing this a not all men on this but men are terrible at this i think i think men are pieces of shit when it comes to making food i don't think they're good at it unless it's like the barbecue during the summer but they won't make like breakfast at all or brunch yeah you're probably right i mean sorry i feel like i, I feel like i popped your balloon you wanted to come out and say that men are like cooking everywhere and like really killing it in the kitchen but uh I don't know i just i wasn't even saying that i was saying it's insulting to women because you're saying women are most Oh, all these women cooking, you know, and it's insulting to men who cook. And like, I just think it's insulting. I, it feels insulting to me. And like making it a big joke day when it's something that like, I mean, that's like a behavior that this is like undercover boss, right? It's like this guy comes in, he gives like three people $50,000 and they're like, it's fixed. The company's great now. That's what this feels like to me. It feels like like the least possible thing, you know? Yeah. That's why it bothers me. And also, uh, the thing that I saw was, was people were so pissed about it. Like, they were so mad about it. Like, the, it got ratioed. So, I went. the reason I went to the site was like, I can see this. I go to the site. They explain it. And then at the bottom, it says, see what other people are saying about men make dinner day here. And it says, as featured on. And this is when I figured out what this thing is, right? News Radio 620, KTAR, Phoenix, Arizona, ABC Radio Network, Satellite Sisters, WABC, New York City, WTAQ, News Radio. Like, it's just this list of radio stations and yeah. magazines. It was like, this is fucking content. And they see these things as content. So they they don't post things. They don't like post things that they believe in or anything. They're just like, what's some content we can post? We can post a little bit of content. And I love it when it backfires on. I just fucking love it. It makes my life. Um I still think it's a dumb day. I mean, <laughs> I just feel like I don't know. Man. I don't think men should be comfortable on that, man. They're so fucking bad at it. I got I mean, I'm with you. And that, like, I I think that, like, men should take an active role in the house. And, like, I also It's still think a joke, man. I feel like every time I've watched a comedy in the last five years, they've basically called me, like, a fucking, like, you know, 
I can't say I, a homophobic slur. I guess this is all I can say. Like weak. Like all I feel is that like everything about like who I am is a joke. You know, taking a, a role in the house, being a stay at home dad. That's like a silly Billy thing for shows. You know, like yeah. the 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 hangover, like carrying a kid around in your baby Bjorn or whatever. And you know, stay at home dads are just not. I don't know. I, I feel like we have an outsized opinion of, like from my personal experience is very different versus what everybody else is down with. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I have no, I, I don't like to think that like, I like to think that there are a lot of people like us and I like to, I'd like it's to not. not. Yeah. But I don't think that like the whole country is just like Archie bunker and like, uh, uh more of them than us are. I, I don't know, man. The Donald I, Trump I won. Donald Trump won. Uh, an election that, like, less than half of the people voted in. Still more than won, the leftists. More than votes. street fighters. Right. I mean, there is, there is like, the a DSA thing. is less than what, like, Archie Bunker's in this country. I don't know. There's a space between Archie Bunker and street fight, I think, that people usually generally are in somewhere in like the middle of that space. I don't think I like, think the status quo is men can be lazy when it comes to cooking and housework and they get away with it and they still get away with murder. Like yeah. they still don't have to do shit. Like I don't think there's been any reckoning or any sort of age of Aquarius when it comes to equality in the household at all. I feel like all it's come down to is like women can work harder and be like men and be girl bosses and they can pay somebody to do the housework. Like there's been no alternative where men are like supposed to uh, come to the middle and like feminize themselves. Like none of none of the new world is about men feminizing themselves. It's about women becoming strong like men. Yeah. Like that's what the that's all I've gotten out of this new woke era of like third wave feminism. Yeah, that's like the liberal type stuff. Right. That's what di dictates popular culture. That's what all over the TV. That's what the popular discussion is about. Yeah, you're you're right about that, man. I'd be Brian down. He looks miserable. He's so I'm fucking. Miserable. He's so he regrets that he brought it up because I, I just fucking whopped him. I, I just whopped him. Can we take a break? <laughs> sure. Uh, we got a few more calls you to beat go. Me, you actually beat me. <laughs> I I'm ready to break. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Street Fight. Uh, we're gonna take a call. We're gonna take a break here in the middle. Uh, we got. A some audio. Someone sent us a tape. They're called the uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery. The name of the album is Woman House. Uh, the letter we got says, "Dear Street Fighters, I think you'd like to hear this. The whole album is bonkers, rock solid, rock solid. But if you want to go to track, I recommend City Hall. Uh, they gave us a download code. It has some very good lyrics. If you want to find what they do, uh, did Jason put? Did you put it up there? J all the info is on the live stream, and I'll get it to you when we come back, uh, where you can go and find what they do. Uh, what we'll be fuck? back taking more calls. Give me a second. If you want to find uh, more of what we do, like we've always said, Patreon is the place to do that. There is lots of bonus content, and uh, I just put up that. You know, if, if you only got a dollar a month, we do have those bonus bonus audios. I just did a, a show with uh, Nick from Means TV. And he is, uh, he shared a lot of shit that was like really deep and behind the scenes, what's going on with means TV and how they're, they're working on their launch. I talked a lot about the inside street fight, you know, the dirt on what we're doing and how everything works. So check that out. I'm pretty proud of it. And, and most people have liked it so far and you can get fucking shocktober, which has been huge. And uh, actually is, is the I wrap up out. 
the wrap up comes out on Monday. Uh, I can also do a couple more announcements here. I did a uh, poll on Twitter and I said, uh, would you rather hear a deep dive into chicken foot kid rock or Megadeth? Uh, they chose kid rock. So after teen fight radio, which is the next one, I will do a deep, I will do American podcasts, a deep dive into kid rock. Mm. After that, I think we will do what's called March Madness, talking sports talk. And I have been bullied into doing a sports talk show. I will be hosting with Matt, uh, Adam Crappy Oats from Twitter and Southpaw's podcast and Chris James from No Prank Radio. And uh, we will have many guests. Like, we're going to talk about Mike and the Mad Dog with Will Menneker. We're going to talk about Don Cherry with uh, Stefan Heck and John Cullen. And I have to listen to all this stuff because I'm not familiar with any of them so uh here is city hall by manhattan murder mystery uh we'll be back
Thanks, everybody. Street Fight Radio is back. Uh, I'm not being paid by the men should cook dinner meme people. I'm not a part of that radio network. I wasn't, didn't mean to defend it that heavily. I just like, I, I, don't, I just feel like there should be some shit to skewer dudes. I'm know. fine with it. Um, but thank you for tuning into the call in show. The number to dial is uh, 614-655-3887 if you want to get in. We're not doing a call-in show next week or the week after that. We're not going to do a call-in show for the next two weeks. You're going to get a basement show this Wednesday, and then we are heading out to California. If you want to see us live, we're going to be not California. I just call it California because it's like Coast. most of the West Coast. I think we're going to try to do some podcasts while we're on the road this time. Okay. Because we have so many cool people yeah, like makes involved sense. with the thing. Makes sense. And uh, we got some big houses. We got big houses and cool people. We'll do some late night podcasting. But come see us in Seattle, Washington. We're doing a live undercover boss at the Beacon Theater. They were gracious enough to set us up um, with the audiovisual requirements that we need. We're going to have undercover boss on the big screen. We're going to be on the microphone. We're going to have some special guests with us commenting on the episodes. That's going to happen on November 9th. Uh, on November 10th, we're doing an actual Street Fight Radio live show. So the 9th and 10th, they are not the same. Very different thing. We're going to be at the Clockout Lounge uh, in Seattle, Washington on the 10th. We're going to be in Portland, Oregon on November 11th. That's sold out. There's going to be like 10. Sh- I think they. I think we held back 10, 10 tickets. So if you, if you didn't get into Portland, you can wait in line. There's going to be 10 tickets. We're going to be at Kickstand Comedy. Oakland, California on the 13th at the Golden Bull. We're going to return uh, Los Angeles, California, the Virgil. We're going to return. And then uh, also, I think after the show on the 15th in Los Angeles, we're going to a rave afterwards. I'm going to I'm going to keep that information close to my chest. But there is some unsanctioned warehouse partying that's going to be happening on the night of the 15th. That's where I plan to be. That's where Minion Death Cult is going to be. So, hey. I'm coming. I might only be there for an hour, so don't like get all excited about it. It doesn't start till 1 a.m., and I'm an old man who's miserable as a human. I will be up until the sun greets us again. Well, plus we have some like really neat guest spots we're doing in town, and I don't want to be dead sure. when it's time to do those. So I will probably leave it, too. But like a normal person. Again, most normal pe- person anybody knows. Right. right. Normal guy leaves the rave at 2 a.m. Like, well, this is a great time to leave. No, it's not that it's a great time to leave. It's that I leave everywhere. I like, I like leave. I don't like to even go to the second bar when we're when we're doing. So I like to just stay in the bar we're at, chill. Makes sense. But I'll fucking go to a rave because I've never been to one and I, I want to see what it's like. It doesn't sound like my scene necessarily because it's a lot of people and loud music and they're like dancing instead of moshing, fist pumping. Yeah, so I don't know all that stuff. I'm not a genius or anything. And then on November 18th, the legendary Che Cafe, they were going to shut this place down, like demolish it, literally just demolish it, and people occupied the place until they changed their ways. So the Che Cafe, I know uh, Alexander and Tony from Minion Death Called are super excited. They're California guys. And they were just stoked to play Che Cafe. So that's happening as well. If you want to get tickets to any of that, go to streetfightradio.com. On the right-hand side of the page is going to be a link to all of our latest news. And there you can click on that. It just says Left Coast Tour November. And there are links for all of the tickets right there. 
And also, if you can't be there, a share, a retweet, letting people know uh, is just as good. Yeah, hell yeah. But come, really. Let's see. You want ready to get on these phones? Yeah, let's do it. We got a few people. Got an hour to go. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking mm, to? No, we got an hour 20. Hello. Howdy. Hey, how's it going? Who's this? Oh, uh. Terry? No. Yo, you got a name? Uh, well, I'm Team Wayne Grow, but. Uh, I know who you are. No, but- okay. What's up? How's it going? Well, uh, there was another guy, uh, you guys might follow him, but, uh, uh, the animal mother. Okay. And, uh, Twitter. Um, but he had a thing about like, when have you really seen like in your own life when you understood the difference between classes? And, uh, I thought about that shit that, uh, like you've talked about with, well, Brian, where, uh, like driving a car for years on end with the check engine light on. That's me. You're just like, yeah, oh, it's still running. Um, but, uh. He, uh, well, I was driving like a month ago and I saw this guy on the side of the highway that, uh, he had like a $30,000 car and, um, he had a blowout, like a flat tire and he was on the side of the highway and he had the, uh, like he was reading his owner's manual to figure out how to change a flat tire. <laughs> well, not everybody knows. I guess. Some people don't know how to check their oil. <laughs> I, no, <laughs> that's different than a, I can change a tire. Okay. I know how, I mean, it's weird because like, even like just when you get a flat tire, the instruments that you use to fix the flat tire have the instructions on them. <laughs> It's like a relic. That's yeah, like the easy fix, you know? I worked a job one time with like a bunch of like professional climber people. And there was a couple that worked with us. And this, the, my boss got a flat tire. And it's that, like, she called her husband and he showed up. And then you're like, let's call Brett. I think he'll know how to do this. So I got paid to leave work and go change somebody's flat tire because I knew how to find a piece of frame to put the jack on why did you show up basically well, i mean why did he even show up then and call you like what a weird situation <laughs> he, that is he, he solves problems i guess yeah yeah did you help him fix well, it well no okay <laughs> he was driving a forty thousand dollar car <laughs> the price went up yeah yeah hey you know if it's forty thousand dollar car well, i'm not fixing well, it either that's my point, though, is, like, this guy was standing on the side of the highway looking at the manual, like, how do I change a tire? And I couldn't afford to buy a new set of tires for years. And 
it it was basically every other month I would oh I'd blow a tire, pull over to the side of the road, change it like I was working a NASCAR pit crew, and then I would drive down to the the shady uh, used tire place and and buy another one for thirty bucks. That's me. You know? That's me. I, you just described I, I, my life. No, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, that, that they have to go through the, they have to go know, through the same thing. And the gauntlet. thing is, I would have been ahead. I would have been ahead if I could have just bought a new set of tires. But I could, I never could. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. I that's something that like that's something that like I have uh, always I've kind of been through like for years was just buying uh used tires. And then they blow out, and you got to buy another used tire. You just got to keep buying used tires over and over again. But they are like 35 bucks, So, like, it is a short-term fix, and it's good that it exists. But if you can get yourself, like, new tires, that's the move. That is definitely the move. But I just got my first set of new tires recently, like, last year. Yeah, I mean, it's a big come-up. It is. It is. It's nice. <laughs> it changes yeah. everything. Yeah. It makes the drive work a little better, you know? <laughs> well, thanks for calling, Team Wangro. We, it's good to hear from you again. I think you called once before, right? A few times. Yeah. Thanks for calling, buddy. All right. I'll talk to you guys. Have a good night. Yeah, man. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I have to say is like, yeah, I do have to say um, it's hard because we do want to, I, I mean, you know, like we do a show that wants to help all people, but it's also like, I mean, if your car, if your fucking tire busts, like you're just going to have to figure that out. Like read the manual until it makes sense. Like that's your burden now, you know? I mean, it's like if you have the fucking car, like you're stuck with the problems that come with it. Yeah. I think it's like such a, uh, it's such an obvious thing. It's like wild to me that like, I guess like you're for right. me, a bunch of shitty, like I have had a bunch of shitty cars. <laughs> And there are a bunch of things that my dad didn't necessarily teach me that I just kind of had to figure out under emergency situations, you know, like I is very much like it, it, like an emergency happens. I have to fix the car and that's how I, uh, and, and that's how I learned how to do it. That's how I learned how to do brakes. It's like the brakes are fucked up. I go to the store and the brakes guys are like uh the brakes guys like oh that's gonna cost 450 dollars and then you talk to some guy and he'll be like oh no you can buy the parts for 35 dollars yeah if you can just do it yourself right. and it's like well i guess i'll figure out how to do the brakes myself then because 35 dollars is a lot less than 450 dollars and then like but there were times where like i had so many blowouts and then the donut would blow out and then i was just driving around with an extra tire in my back in my trunk and it was just like oh god i had like this one car man where like there was oh my god it was the worst thing it was a uh a chiva and the exhaust ran from the back all the way to like what is a plastic literal actual piece of plastic it hooked up to and then that hooked up to the engine and that fucking piece of plastic broke and i think all the mechanics i took it to were like well it's probably not a piece of plastic that broke so they're like they're like just being like well you know you just gotta stick it back up in there and then wire hanger it up and that'll fix it and it never really got fixed you know yeah and so you'd be driving 
and uh antifreeze just fucking it would heat way up man and you would just like there were times where i had to pull over on the side of the freeway and put antifreeze in the car to make it to where i was going you know and then i finally took it in and they were like oh no it's this plastic piece you know it's this it's this plastic thing is broke we'll we'll just fix it uh did it for like 200 bucks they fixed it i got it back on the road Drove to work for like four days, filled it up with gas, and then the engine blew. And I stood in a motherfucking parking lot at the community college, kicking my car and hitting it with a stick because I'm so mad at it. Because it was like, God damn, can I get the gas out of there at least? Yeah, Shit. something. God damn. It was bad, man. That car. I mean, every car I had until like my last two were like shitty fucking cars, I, man. I, the, when we lived in Texas, I had a car that used to overheat because it was so fucking hot and... I got to the point where uh, I would dilute the antifreeze, like just do a 50-50. Like I just had like gallon milk jugs. I was basically pouring mostly water into the fucking thing because every time I wanted to drive down the highway, I would have to like make a pit stop and refill it. I started doing water too, like a lot more water. Like I was like diluting the antifreeze down to like water. <laughs> right. And it would just, it just was like, it was fucking miserable. Like I would drive the fucking, I would put antifreeze in the car, drive to work, get to work, come back out, big puddle of antifreeze, dump right. antifreeze in, drive home. I, I think I had the car, I had the, the uh, Nissan, I was real broke, dude. This is like, probably one of the lowest points of my life right and and like i just we just didn't have any money and i don't even know why i wasn't on drugs anymore it, it was just probably like really bad habits you know like just all my bad habits were like worse than they are now and i'm driving to work my i i get a flat i get the flat fixed with a used tire but they didn't put my rim back on they put the rim of another car on my car instead of taking the tire off the rim they're like oh fuck it man we got this it's a bolt on you know i wasn't paying any fucking attention dude yeah i was like i was like probably looking at my phone and like wandering around and shit like that while they fixed it what they, car uh it was a nissan it was uh, a, 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 a i think it was like a 1998 nissan 200sx okay and it was olive uh -huh. green okay and so they they uh threw a fucking tire on there when i wasn't looking and i drove off it was like whatever so that tire was like going like to the side like it was wiggling while uh -huh. i drove my wife pulled up to the babysitter's house and a, a fucking lug popped off she drove it home we had two cars at the time so i was like you just drive the car i've been driving i'll drive this car yeah didn't drive it on the freeway had to drive an hour home from work because I couldn't drive on the freeway and I was coming from the east side through downtown to my neighborhood every day. I was just fucking miserable, man. And you didn't replace the lug? Okay, so what happened was I looked it up and they were like, you can just screw a new lug in. It's like replacing a lug is the easiest fucking thing in the world. You just screw a new lug in. And then so I took the tire off and I went and bought the lug and I was like, I'm just going to screw it in. It fucking broke off and it was inside the top it was inside the thing right right so i'm like um okay so this is gonna have to be drilled out which uh i had been conditioned to believe cost one zillion dollars to get done <laughs> like from people would just be like oh that's oh buddy like every dude i knew was like oh buddy that, that thing really drilled out is something you do in like your garage like <laughs> not not my friend like not all the guys i grew i had a guy i went to his house with like 
like air tools and shit. And he was like, oh, I'm not fucking with that. You know, he's like nervous. Uh, I ended up finding a guy. So I drive this thing for like months, right? And every time I turn, I just think it's going to fucking break. It's like, there's this thing's going to, this tire is going to fall off. I don't know how long I have, but I know that I like somehow have to make money and also this tire, you know, get this tire fixed at some point. And uh, one day I'm just turning onto, uh, I'm turning from the main road, high street that runs straight through Columbus, four lane road. It is like the main road onto Livingston, which is the other main road that runs north, south or no east, west. I turn on that fucking road and my tire just falls off uh. one, one lug left. Right. There's one fucking lug left on the thing. The other two fall off and I'm fucking like, it's just yeah. the car is just going fucking nuts. I pull into a parking lot and luckily I knew this guy that had recent recently quit the cable company to start his own towing business. And I called him and he was like, ah, fuck, I'll tow you for free. I don't give a shit. And he came and picked me up and then he took me to his dad's job which this dad worked on luxury like rolls royces and shit and he was like hey just park it on the street because people can't see my shitty car at this you place were, this is a sylvia 200 sx 200 sx nissan 200 sx oh, god i would kill for one of those right now have you ever seen one i love them you might have to look that one of my faves up. i know them you know a 1998 200 sx i know the jdm ones yeah man those things you can they were they you you could tune those fucking things Really, I, I love. I mean, I'm an. I'm just a Nissan. I guess I'm just a Nissan fan. Like that. That was my times. I love those '90s ass fucking half sports car things. It wasn't. It was a shitty ass car, dude. Yeah, they're pretty. I don't know. I like them. That car fucked me over a thousand times. The motherfucking window stopped working, so I had to jam forks in the window. Thing. I'm a Fast and Furious man. Like everybody in high school, like was trying to squeeze all the extra horsepower out of shit like that. Yeah, I, I mean, so like the lugs fell off. This guy drilled them out, and he was just like, "Eh, just give me forty bucks." So I got it all done for forty bucks. Not bad. And it ended up getting fixed. But man, it, it was like. One of those things that was like so devastating, you know, when you're really broke. I like that's why I always wanted to open like a community garage because like, like not ha like I feel like we live in a time where if there was a place where you could just go and use the tools, you know, and have like a lift and have all that stuff, people would. There are a lot of like people who would fix their cars themselves. Because there's access to like Chilton's and YouTube and all of these places and they would be able to just go in and do it. Now I find out that insurance for one of those places is wild. So I don't know if we'll ever be able to pull it off, but I, I, I just think it's like incredible, man. I, I just, I, I, I just, uh, I, I, I hate seeing people with broken car. Even if it was a $40,000 car, it would probably make me feel sad enough to help them, you know? Yeah, maybe. I just feel sad for people, you know? Sure. Like, I just feel bad for people who, like, can't, like, do semi-basic things. Yeah, I mean, for me, yeah, that is a moment where I would roll in and be like, yeah, I can change your tire. And they would be super impressed, and that would be enough for me to feel good. Like, that was a good pit stop for me, that I get to, like, roll up on somebody's car and completely dominate them. You the know, only like time I've ever been hit on in my entire life, or since I've been married, I don't get hit on very much. I'm not, like, the most attractive guy. I'm old, and I'm fat. And uh, I generally look like shit, but uh, I pulled up 
I was filling my car with air and I was leaving. And then this woman was like pulling up and she stopped me. And she was like, hey, man, you know how to fill up a tire? Which was weird because I was like, everybody knows how to fill up a tire. You know, everybody. But some people don't know how to check their oil, though. Those people are reasonable people. They've seen people wipe it off and they just don't know where the line is, is the issue, you know? So, (laughs) so we, we, we do this, we, we check, we, so I fill up her and on my way to get back in my car, she was like, you got a girlfriend, don't you? And I was like, yes. But I was like, I just got hit on. Right. She thought about it for a minute. Yep. She thought about it. I, like, that, that was in like 2000, like five, and I still think about it because it's like, wow, somebody did hit on me. You still, once. you still uh, wake your wife up and say like, you're not safe, you know? Like, there's people competing for me. I didn't tell her when it happened, but just like as a, like a funny thing, because like it really, I don't. Yeah, I, you get hit on a lot. People hit on you. Women, True. Women love you, and men love you, and non-binary, non-binary yeah, every, people love yeah. you. You're just a I handsome deal with a man. lot of sexual harassment, and uh, I personally. <laughs> People are like, oh, you know, that guy you work with is actually like a lot better looking than you. <laughs> actually, everybody you work with is a lot better looking than you. You look like a guy from Ohio. <laughs> like Some people are into that. Like, I can't, I mean, I can't get in with like the mossy oak crowd the way that you could. Well, I have to dress it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have to. I like there. Most of the time, I don't look like I could get on with them. Like today, because I went to a funeral, I would be mossy. Like every guy would, any guy would be my friend. Yeah. I'm wearing like really nice boots, jeans, and a flannel. Yeah. Which makes me look respectable to yeah. men like that. That's the that's the like that's like our suit around here. Yeah. I mean that's I, that is what I I I. I in the wintertime, like, I, you know, I complained during the summer because I had to go to a funeral. And I didn't have clothes. In the wintertime, I just wear this. And it's like, people are like, oh, you're dressed up, looking good, buddy. You know, you know what's funny is we went to that business meeting tonight and it was on campus. And there was like these 20 year olds that were wearing suits and they had like full heads of like floppy hair. And I thought it was a costume. I was like, is this a Halloween thing? Like, they look like when a 20 year old wears a suit, they look like they're wearing a costume. They look they're t- like they're trying to pretend to be an old man. Yeah. You know? I've never had it. I never had a suit. No, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had a suit in my life. Fuck suits, dude. Yeah. I'll never get one. You know, if going on TV means I have to wear a suit, then I will never go on TV. Like a, a tie or, or any of that stuff. I'm I'm not into it. All right. Maybe if I put a tie on on my flannel. That would be awesome. <laughs> I feel like you shouldn't have said that because someone's going to. Someone's going to get a viral something out of that. <laughs> a tie on over- my flannel. We got to do a video for that. <laughs> right. I'm going to help you learn. You're going to, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to teach you how to tie a tie, but it's going to be on a flannel shirt. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is like, wow. That's just like unmined territory. I don't know why I've never gotten there before. Yeah. Like I've seen people wear ties on polo shirts to be like over the top preppy. Usually fucking poor people that want to, you know, poor guys that want to, pretend like they're balling and shit but i have not seen a tie on a flannel yet yeah but they have the collar it's right there i mean you know the weirdest thing about like uh when it comes to fashion and and business and all of that is like the most respectable thing to have is like extra fabric around the neck that you fold over like the collar is just so 
ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It is odd. Like, it's an odd it's thing like, well, that's, like, important. I liked it when the 70s, when they were like, you got to have The butterfly. Collar. Butterfly collar is the best. You need as much collar as you can get on that shirt. But, yeah, yeah it, it, this is basic. I always thought of a flannel as, like, a business shirt. Yeah, and, and I mean, it would make sense, like, if you're going to do a meeting, I mean, you want to be taken seriously, you're going to throw a fucking tie on that thing. Show up to a fucking meeting in a flannel with a tie <laughs> and a baseball hat on, a new era hat, looking good, buddy. Looking good. You look yeah, dressed we, up today, Brian. Oh, wow, you really tried. You're styling and profiling. We got two more to go. Let's see who's on the line. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Oh, shit. Hi. Uh, my name is Josh. Uh, What's up, Josh? Long time. Listen, um, um, I just wanted to talk about. Uh, I think that I'm in like a similar position that uh, a lot of other people are. Um, I don't really have having a degree. I don't have a lot of um, like I don't have a professional um, like certificate or anything. Um, and I feel like it's hard to start with nothing and start accumulating capital to kind of you know like you know, move out, get into your own place, your own thing. So um, I guess I was just curious, um, what is your advice to someone who's basically starting with nothing? That doesn't have any generational wealth or anything, just like what do you do to get up off your off your ass? Basically? So like, can I ask you, I'm going to ask you this first because like I, I, uh, what what sort of like work? Okay, so I got two questions. Like what sort of work? do you would you want to do and what sort of work are you willing to do like are you are are do you want to do blue collar work or white collar work or or are you unwilling to do a, one of those two you know is the question yeah um i've probably had like a like a re, not a retail um like restaurant job since i was about 16 like in and out of different restaurants i've worked you know i've worked all different kinds of like not necessarily blue collar because you know, like not something like a, a construction worker or, you know, but I think I've definitely worked in like, you know, the lowest pay grade of, of yeah, service work, work is, is there, you know? service work yeah, is, yeah, yeah, like a different. So here's, here's the thing. Were you cooking or were you serving food? Cooking. You're cooking. Okay. Here's the thing. Like there is a way to make it up through the ranks working in restaurants and you can start making a lot of money. Like you have to like go to like increasingly more sort of fan. So my sister makes very good money and she, she's a chef, a sous chef or, or a set chef do something. Chef de cuisine, chef de cuisine at a, at a really fancy place. But like she started out at a nursing home cooking like a bunch of shit. For people like a bunch of cafeteria food, yeah, like big prep meal. Yeah, and then she's then she moved on to a uh, restaurant that was uh, in the city uh, by the convention center where they kind of made sandwiches and stuff like that. But it was run by a chef, and then she moved up again to like she started her own business for a little bit and like with no money. She like she didn't have any money. She had like two investors and they started a business, but it, it like didn't go great. So she ended up going back and working at a, uh, a again, like a more fancy restaurant in a hotel and then uh, got picked up by the chef. Now, like that is like a route to go. And it took her a few years to get to where she was making like a, a decent paycheck. And like if, 
if that's the way to go, I, I just, I think you have to start looking into like, uh, like you have to m go to a place that it sucks. I hate to say this, but like, I mean, if you can get in at a place like Roos Chris, obviously that would be cool. But like a small business. Yeah. I'm dining there four four days a week, baby. Right. Yeah. Well, you gotta be known. You gotta be known around there. You gotta be a name. Yeah. No. Yeah. Those are the things that, uh, you know. Separate you from the heathen. Just spend <laughs> money to make think, money. One thing I think, though, I, I I think about this like a lot, is that there are jobs for people without degrees that you kind of have to start out at like a, a, a it's not a low wage. It's a low wage, but it's higher up than you can make at a service job. Like that is why I got the job at uh, I got a roofing job, which I don't recommend to anybody. But then I got a call center job, which paid a little more where I had a chance to like move up and make a little more money. But like the cable job is a service job and uh, it's the easiest one of all of the like hard blue collar jobs, like jobs like that cable installing job is the easiest blue collar job you can get. And I can't recommend working in that direction if you're willing to do something like that because it's like it's not as much work as an electrician it's and it's not as specialized and it's uh it's fairly like you can use they're always hiring installers they're like always hiring them so something like that like you could start accumulating money and they do pretty regular raises that i mean like you know every job sucks in its own way but like if you're willing to do blue collar work, something like the cable company, it, like generally it's it's the easiest blue collar job I had. And I had a bunch of them. A warehouse is also a place where you can make a bunch of money and then put it aside and start something else. You, you can make more at a warehouse than at a lot of restaurants. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, and and like it's about like I I think like like facility like if you're one of those people who can just work and work and work and, and like, you know, put it in and like at, at a warehouse or something like that, you will make enough money to be able to facilitate doing whatever you want to do. Like for me at this point, and I wish I would have known this when I was younger, like because they say that every person goes through four careers in their life. Like, I wish I would have looked, and Brett probably did look at it this way, but I wish I would have looked that early time of my working as, like, figuring a out how to facilitate this thing that I want to do, you know? Like, how can I, yeah, how like, can I make... Picking the steps you want to take, kind of. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's, like, there, there's so many things, like, people, like, don't think that getting your dream job is possible because, I, and and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because, like, there's no ladder to a dream job you know it, it's like this thing you think of and then you're like how do i get to that and i think it's about doing as many things as you can to 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 like work your way towards that it was like for us it was like we tried a million things and if they failed we just stopped doing them and did something new until we hit, hit on what we were good at and and what we could do so like I'm not saying like be a podcaster. I'm saying like if if you want to accumulate enough money to do something that you want to do, then you don't have to think in terms of a career for your job. You don't have to think like, 
oh, hey, I need to get into a place that I can move up through and and move up through the ranks. You got like my my thing would be like, uh, I need to get like if you wanted to open a restaurant, I need to get a job at a place where I make enough money that I can put some money aside and work on getting investors or something in this place and then uh and then try to like do a down payment or whatever and i just need to go to a place that's going to give me regular raises and isn't going to fire me <laughs> it's like the way i would think of it now in hindsight but i didn't think that way at all i i i kind of spent my whole time searching for a job that i would be able to stay in for the rest of my life <laughs> yeah um well so in my opinion, the way that I would say it, I mean, uh, at this point, what I what what I look at is like, you have to pick your goal and then you have to backfill from there. So if you're looking for a job that just pays like twenty five dollars an hour, there's lots of like union opportunities out there for like electricians or whatever it may be. Like you can go into plenty of the trades, and there are lots of opportunities. And if you have the patience, and you can keep up and do something like that. Um, that is something if you're just looking for steady employment. But for me, my opinion as somebody that never graduated college is that like, I've, I just, you have to make yourself useful to people. And at the warehouse that I worked at, there was nowhere to go because the only people that were supervisors had college degrees, like in the corporate environment, like they're always going to be looking for credentials. But I found the best for me was being in startups or being in small businesses where I could actually show how useful I could be like, uh, you know, to step aside from all of our usual rhetoric, like you have to be useful to the person that's making the money. If you want to get that like elevated, if you want to get that, that extra income. So um, like what I would say is you just have to work on developing those skills that are useful, um, whether it's spreadsheets, whether it's eBay, whether it's logistics, whatever it may be like, um, what I tell to most, what I would say to most people is you just need to figure out what you're comfortable doing. Like if you're okay with, if you're, if you're, a, if you're a math person, if you're a writing person, whatever it may be, you just need to lean into that and, and go to the place where you're most rewarded for what you do. And, um, how old are you? Uh, 21, 21. Oh my God. So 20, I mean, here's the thing. Um, the 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 biggest lie that has ever been told is that this status quo suggests that once you become an adult you should have everything together and none of us live that way and your grandma your grandpa your parents nobody had it together when they were 21 years old um this is a time in your life where you should just shut your mouth and listen like you should just be paying attention and learning as much as you can and trying to learn specialized skills that make you very valuable or useful um it's not a time to to pretend like you have it all together fake it till you make it is a fucking lie um there well, it also fake it till you make it also makes people not want to teach you anything yeah you know what i mean like I, the fake it till you make it thing i talk to a lot of people that are doing that now that are like you know they I mean, I, a lot of comics do it, you know, sure. it's just one of those things that fake it till you make it. And I'm like, well, I mean, they seem to be all together. Fuck it. You know, I, I don't need, I don't have any advice for that person. So what I would say, <laughs> what I would say is like the reason that street fight happened was because I, I, the reason that street fight happened was because I worked for a warehouse that did 
shipping and supplies and logistics for getting merchandise out. The reason that I'm doing Street Fight is because I worked in customer service and was able to handle the emails and the type of business meetings and stuff. So really at this point, um, you need to just build your skills. You need to, you need to find out what you're a master of and like what people are impressed by, like how easily you're able to accomplish things. But you just have to like really focus on what you resonate with the most and what you can be an expert in. Like the more you drill down into your expertise, you're going to find, you know, uh, someone else that thinks you're useful for that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it is like, I mean, I mean, twenties are like such a scumbag age, and I don't want to do like a rise and grind thing, but I'm an older person now that was like in such dire straits through my twenties, and uh, like, I, the the fucked up thing about this show is I don't want you, I don't want people to think that the outside world is going to decide that like you can't do anything at all. I don't want you to to like blame the world for all of your problems. I do want you to understand that like you have, you are behind the wheel of your own life and you can navigate this thing in a way that will be more beneficial for you. If you are focusing on your strengths, if you are focusing on the stuff that makes you like a special person or like makes you makes you a good fit for an organization or somebody they want to have around. Um, And once you build that, once you build that thing, like, I guess on my side is like, once you build that thing, you don't have to take shit anymore either. Like once you build the skill level and get yourself up there, you don't, you then don't have to take any more shit. And that's like, sort of like, uh, the thing, the thing that I always say is like, it's so frustrating when I see people like that are really great at something taking, like just taking a bunch of shit from people. And it's like, just go somewhere else. Just find something, you know, like it just don't let, don't. And it, when you're 21, I, I just feel like don't let like the things that make you feel nervous, you know, the things that, that, the, the, the like uncertainty in your future, like, cause I know that when you're really, when you're 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, like you start saying like, why am I not like my parents? Why am I not like people I knew? And like, uh, you start trying to figure out like why you're not an adult. You don't feel like an adult. And, and for me, it's like, if I would have just realized I was one and that I needed to, that like, nobody's going to tell you how to do it. Nobody's going to like, nobody's, nobody teaches you how to be. Nobody, God, God teaches you how no, to be an adult. No, I didn't say that. Actually, he was pointing up. I figured he was saying God. No, but nobody teaches you like how to be an adult. That's a thing you have to learn on your own. And like all the skills that you're going to have later, uh, like that you're going to have, like, like if you're working in, in a kitchen, it's really like, it really is just like finding out, like, I, I think if you're working in a kitchen, it's like you do, they make you eat shit. And it sucks. And that's like, it fucking sucks. We ate a lot of shit though in the early days of Street Fight. It's like, it's just a lot about eating shit, like the early parts of everything. But like, if, if you develop those skills, you don't have to go to culinary school. Like, you don't have to, like, that is a, that, uh, uh, cooking is like one of those great things. It's like cooking. And, and like the, is like one of those great things where you don't need a degree to do it. You like, you prove you're good and you get to just do it, you know? And I, I would also say a piece yeah, of it. Advi- 
Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. We've been talking. No, I was, gonna, off. I was just going to agree that it's it's a good industry to um, not necessarily need credentials to be credentialed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but yeah. 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 And it, you know, it's also it's a matter of humbling yourself. Um, I would say I made the mistake of being a young man that thought I knew everything and spent too much time being bullheaded and determined um, that I was on the right path because I wanted to display that at other people so that they would respect me and think that I was doing these things. Um, but as time goes on, I've realized that like if you don't know something, you just have to say, I'm 21 years old and I don't know how to do this. Could you explain it? Like you need to do it in a charming way. You don't want to seem like an idiot. But um, as an older person, like when a, when somebody young says, I don't, I don't understand this, I don't know this, that ingratiates me more than it does make me think they're stupid. Like if some 21-year-old runs up into my kitchen and tells me that how to do everything, like I know they're fucking lying. But when one of them says, like, could you show me the finer details on an omelet, then I'm on. I'm interested in this person because they want to learn. They don't think they know it all. And that, that will help you in the long run. And, and most people that are professionals and most people that, you know, have achieved that level of success know about the faults and they know about the trip ups along the way. So it, it's a matter of navigating the world without being too arrogant. Um, even though like, it's very scary because everybody wants you to be confident and arrogant about who you are. Um, but you know, there are going to be, there will hopefully be some mentors in your life that will show you um, that will show you like the right way to do things. I mean, I'll tell you right now that like, there's people that I look up to a lot. Like there it's just like, it, it, he's right in that like you you do have to like listen or I mean looking up to people there's nothing wrong with that you know and it's like I have a lot of I have people that like you know I've had like a lot of convert like <laughs> he's, a lot of people I look up to are fucking younger than me like I you know uh Jack Allison is a guy that I've had a lot of conversations with about like my job and and like what I wanted to end up doing and like you know, uh, I just listened and your to job, you wanted to murder Michael Che. And that's yeah, that was my job. No, no, no I, I truthfully like when we were in Chicago, I was telling him like, you know, I, I think I want to move to L.A. and and like make a run at show business. And, and Jack was like, uh, well, I mean, the only thing you're going to get out there or he didn't say not to move to LA, but he said, if you're talking about like making a run and legitimate show business, it's just going to be somebody taking 20% of your money. You're already doing show business. And it like, that really like made me think about what I actually want out of this career, you know? And, and like, I've, I've talked to people about writing books and shit like that. And it's just like, I'd buy it. <laughs> thank you. I might buy a shock jock book. I might be writing a shock jock book, but, uh, I, I just think definitely then. I just think that like at at I wish I would have known that this was possible when I was 21. And like I the best thing you can do for yourself is think about how like there's a million possibilities. Like I'm 40. I didn't this didn't happen until I was 38 years old. Wait. And everything before it, I was just bullshitting and doing shitty stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you, you'll live several lifetimes, but um, the best thing you can do now, which is so tough, is just to take a breath and to accept what you're doing, you know, to accept where you're at. And um, I, we we want the world to be a different place, but struggling and getting by right now is a lot less dangerous than like what 
me and Brian are doing right now. Like if me and Brian were trying to like make a go at being a chef or, you know, starting at the bottom, it would be a very sketchy situation to make a switch up. But you're, you're very early in this thing and you just need to soak up and figure out what the environment is and like, you know, maneuver your way through, you know, what's going on. People love giving advice. I mean, me and Brett love it. Like sure. a lot of people love giving advice. So but I, it's, it's, yeah. I, I think like, it's just about like being like, yeah, uh, I want to, I, I want to do this. What's the next step? What's the, it's like about trying to figure out what the next step is what? and not trying to visualize the whole ladder. Well, I don't, yeah, don't, don't trust everybody, but learn, like just learn. I, I think you have to, you have to make the transition. I think, um, uh, I think Kierkegaard said it like the, the, something about the many and the wise, you know, like the, the many think that they know the wise know that they don't, you know, like you have to understand that you're not going to be in control. You have to like step into the mystery of things and kind of be your own like scientific expert on like leading life and how things are conducted. But like the more that you stop convincing yourself that you're on the right track or that you have some sort of dogmatic knowledge about how things should be and the more that you pay attention to how people are succeeding like you need to you need to pay attention to the folks that are doing the thing that you want to do and bend their ear a little bit about how they got there um you know we talked about on the small business tyrants episode about uh like if you want to if you want to be a podcaster you don't go out and spend five thousand dollars on your equipment because that's what howard stern uses like you start from zero so you have to like change your you have to change your milestones you have to change like what you're judging everything on at and just start where with you're at today like that that's what made street fight happen is literally the motto of like what we what can we do today like not what would i like to be doing if i had a hundred thousand dollars or what would i like to be doing if everything was different but what can i do in my daily life to start walking down the road towards the life i want to eventually live you know oh yeah sorry i mean like you got railroaded on that one <laughs> no i i appreciate it i i like it a lot like I, I appreciate you guys being able to um, talk about uh, like theory and politics and leftism and, and anarcho uh, like leaving capitalism, but also be realistic and, you know, accept the world as it is and give advice on that. Like, I think that that's, that's why I listen to you guys. I'm, I like, to some extent, I look up to you. Like, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but like, you know, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. And like, yeah, I really wanted to call in for that. And yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I mean, like, I mean, the thing about it is that I don't want to tell people that they're all doomed because I don't think you are. I do believe life is a gift and the chance that we have is something that we can like we are in charge of ourselves, you know, uh, not to be bootstrappy about it, but um, you are going to have to live day to day. And if you're subjected to the woes of other people and the oppression of other folks and you just let that beat you down, it's going to be a miserable existence. Um, but there's plenty of other ways to sidestep the the normal thing. And, you know, I, I have a whole lot of shame about not having a degree and not in like a serious way, but just that, like, I get a lot of shade from other people and from folks that you know, don't respect people that didn't go to college. You know, there's a big classist disconnect with all of that. And uh, I, I've said it before on the show that I, I spend a lot of time in mixed company with 
six-figure fucking income earners that will just talk shit about people that didn't go to school and uh, like, like while I'm in the room. And they totally respect me as a person, but they, they would never conceive that I didn't go to a college to like be who I am, you know? Yeah, they have like a, a picture of an other, of a, of a person that like just does drugs, doesn't want to go to school, just doesn't, just wants to be ignorant. And it's like, that is just so infrequently the actual reality. Like, yeah. and, and literally in that scenario, it's like, you're talking about someone that's in the room with you and that you're, you're casting as someone completely different than, than what is anywhere near reality, you know? And at this point, my man, like school is a scam. I mean, school is a way for them to just get you because like student debt is something that you can't go bankrupt on. That's like they have you for motherfucking life on that. And in this day and age with the internet and the way that we're able to connect and create our own fucking things and it's democratized all of the interactions that we have, like the degree is not fucking necessary. Like if you're going to go, if you want to work for HP, if you want to work for all the big brands, absolutely they want you to have that stupid fucking paperwork that says you're worthy of a higher income but there are so many other folks out there that are doing operations where you can make yourself completely useful and get your get like your little slice of the pie and uh you know it, it's all about a lot of a lot of time a lot of it is about adjusting like you know your expectations of the world and you know, if your bills are paid and you have food, like you're you're in a good place. And from there, you can start plotting and scheming towards like what your next chapter of your life is going to be like, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it, it. Of course, man. No worries. I, I appreciate both of the, the monologues. Like I really I don't. Not upset for being talked over, but that's like it was awesome. Thank you. No, I mean that's what you need. I mean, you actually you follow the directions. You shut your fucking mouth and open your ears. <laughs> Jeez, the rock. <laughs> this fucking the rock. Hey, so step one, shut the fuck up. Yes, that's the one. Make yourself useful, okay? No, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for calling in, and and I'm glad you called in. We were able to get that out there. We got one more call to go on Street Fight Radio Sunday Night Call In Show. Uh, it's going down. Let's see who we got in here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, this is Matt. What's up, Matt? How are you? Uh, why did I say it I'm like good. that? I'm listening to a lot no, of... that was... That I'm, was great. <laughs> I'm listening to a lot of sports <laughs> talk radio right now, and, uh, now I'm starting to talk like them instead of shock jocks. How you? Hey, how you over there? <laughs> The early, the early morning stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I just caught the last of that call. I figured I'd call in and, uh, man, uh, I, I have to, uh, agree with, uh, with everything that I was hearing. Like, it's so important to find like what, where you can make the most impact, you know, um, whatever skills that come naturally, you know, to you and, um, well, and, we and just, and just use those. Yeah, we have like we have a real like we have a real real we have a weird problem with our culture where people will openly flagellate themselves for their their failures. Like people are talking about their weaknesses, people are reading books, people are spending ridiculous amounts of money to try to fix the problems in their life or like where they fall short. But that is like that is a waste of time and money because you it would be way better to just double down on your strengths. Like we all offer something to people that is way more valuable. Like 
there are things that I cannot accomplish and I need somebody else that is good at like Photoshop, that is good at audio engineering, that is good at a million memeing, social media, whatever the skills are, people have those and not not all of us can possess none of us are like the perfect fucking indigo child that can you know accomplish everything and instead of like focusing on where you're falling short you need to just make yourself more useful more valuable and double down on the things that you do well and are you're passionate about and they bring you joy and come easy to you yeah 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 it's uh it's, it's, it's really hard, you know, to, to know when that's going to come. And, and it didn't come from me until, you know, until very recently where I just, I, I just, this humbling, like sort of energy, you know, just came over me and I, I be, you know, I just had this peace. That's you know, a- I, I did start going to, to therapy and that made a big difference. Um, and, and, uh, you know, I really just had to, to drop my my pride and uh now i can finally start working you know what i mean but that's what's incredible though is that i've already lived a lifetime and i've just restarted like i've just i feel like i've started again with a new mindset that brings me joy and that is focused on happiness and like the better minute of everyone around me and I have another fucking lifetime to go. Like I have a whole nother lifetime. And in like, I've already been alive for one miserable ass, long ass lifetime. And all of a sudden shit is like painted new again. It's quite incredible. I mean, it's, it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's shocking. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly, that is, it is, it's exciting. Uh, shocking is a good, is a good, good, way to frame it i think too and, i think uh, exciting is better excuse, I, like, I think like exciting is better well i mean i think it's a it's an awe like you're in awe yes. like you realize it and that's like the most important thing is to realize that you know we we definitely don't give ourselves enough you know I, one of the things i i i had to overcome was like just like telling somebody that hey i i have a like i when i i can't listen to people like I, for some reason I was just like, I would hear sound, but I wouldn't take in information. Right. And, uh, you know, and that was like so hard for me to deal with. And it was just like causing all kinds of problems, you know, in every facet of my life. And, um, you know, basically it ended up being anxiety, yeah. which is an information. Blocker. It's yeah. just, a, it just, it just blocks. You know, and if like if I can't take you can't take any in, in, in any information, well, you are kind of stuck, you know, where you're at. And that's what that was a big a big change for me. Like this, like curtain got lifted, and you know, and I just just like you said, like the world opened up around you, and you realize what you can do for other for other people. You know, N- you know now that you're kind of like free, and um. It's just, it's such, there's such a, there's so many resources, you know, around, you know, this, you guys here, um, you know, the community, you know, that, that, you know, that you guys have, it's, it's super important, you know, that, you know, we don't forget how much we do have. Um, and I have to, you know, with, agree with your, um, echo your sentiment about, 
not getting so like, you know, thinking that there's just shit all around you, you know, and that the world is kind of shit, you know, because you, you know, you're kind of like this, you feel like this one thing fighting against literally everybody, but that's not really how it has to be. And you just have to let it go and you can, you know, cry and it, it will heal. And, you know, you will realize that, you know, you can, you can do good and that people do need you and you are worth, worth, you are worth it. You know, I mean, it seems, seems trite, but it's, it's true. So well, I have no frame of reference here for the rest of the, I haven't listened to the college show at all. So I don't know every, all these topics, but no, we don't have anything um, going, covered, but I, but man, no, I mean, you're, you're, you're spot yeah. on in that, like, uh, you know, uh, there are people that spend years of their life trying to hide the fact that they can't comprehend the information when someone's talking to them, right? There's people that have anxiety yeah. and they've just come up with coping mechanisms to make it through and pretend like they're having a normal time while at work to make money. And, the, and they can't just come out and say, like, I have a hard time focusing. You know what? I, I just really like I can't fucking focus. Like we have to change the communication because my brain is like not acclimated to this form of communication, and w like that Are builds so much. Like that builds like that just gets a huge. It becomes a huge problem that just keeps like snowballing over and over again. When you could, if you could just say out loud and express your your uh, vulnerabilities, you know, in a way that like it's hard. It is hard. I mean, it makes like you, you worry that people look at you differently. You feel like you're not, you know, you're not, you're now compromised as a person, you know? Right. And really what you are is an open person now. Right. You know, and that's, and which is good, which is a good, that's the best way to be. You have to you go know? through it. Um, like you have to punch through there's, you can't avoid it. Like so many people that, that deal with those issues, like do come up with mechanisms that like, you know, Talking about the food thing. I mean, even the, like the men cook dinner, like that's guys avoiding things until they fucking die and never dealing with them, you know, like never dealing with housework. There's, uh, you know, when it comes to your work environment and your coworkers, like just figuring out a way that makes sense so that you can get money. But if like internally you're always on edge and you're always lying about who you are, um, like it, it doesn't last. Like, it's it's not going it's not in the long run it's better to just go through it and figure out like these feelings and get rid of them or tell them to everybody else this is totally unfair maybe problematic to mentally ill people but like when i started doing like acid and mushrooms and weed like publicly like i would just say like i'm real fucked up right now like well, i would go to udf to get like a milkshake and i would be like I'm really fucked up right now, so can you just make sure this is like this? And they would just laugh. I'd be like, I took t like four hits of acid, and I'm I'm Christmas shopping right now. I can't get my card out, and like they would they would be like, just okay, that's fine. <laughs> you know, like people are way more generous than we ever give them uh, credit for. You know, we we were all we were we we're all convinced that if people know about our vulnerabilities, they're going to use them to take us down or destroy us. And that's never the case, you know, like we're, we're, we are destroying ourselves by withholding a lot of that information. Yeah. Um, I, I read, uh, Adam Savage's book, uh, every tool's a hammer. And he, he talks about that. 
um, the guy from Mythbusters and uh, on Tested on YouTube. And basically, giving away your that information is like it, it, at first, you know, you you think you want to guard some special skill that you have or you know some knowledge that you have, you know, because you don't want you, you want it's yours and you know you don't want to let it go. But you share it, and then the opposite happens. You right. know, yes, there's bad in the world, and people may take it and try to, you know, whatever with it. But most of the time, what happens is that you end up gaining so much more. Um, you know, in the and I'm paraphrasing it, but uh, it's a really, it's a really, really good book uh, on just on making stuff in general. But um, a really good read. Um, are you familiar with um, with EMDR? Um, going back to uh, therapy at all? EMDR. Yeah. No, I'm a cock and ball torture guy. I'm CBT all the way. <laughs> no. Um, well, basically, I I highly recommend I highly recommend that. Um, if you basically a ther- if find a therapist that that um, that practices that. Oh, it's, um, it's a I technique. Do know that- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I I I I've heard a little bit of this, but go go ahead. Okay, um, it, it's a technique that is. I know it's popular with PTSD. Yes. Um, that's that's what I think it was mainly you know uh, used for initially, but um, it is um, like a magic trick that you know is happening and it still works. But so EMD. And, EMDR is a mat. So EMDR is uh, for like really traumatic environment, like really traumatic things. This isn't. This isn't like you grew up in a good household and you're just have anxiety. Uh, EMDR, I believe, is when they use like light and sound to take you back to like a, a scenario to like recall the thing, and then it kind of puts you in a hip- hypnotic trance where you can kind of re. You can, it like snaps you out of like the shitty way you've been thinking about it your whole life, basically, right? So it it helps the left and the right brain talk to each other. I mean, I'm not a therapist, so sure, but I'm a patient. It's like you know, but was it, it like was it like so? It also helps with like, um, I the only the only version I I actually saw it in pop culture um, on that Russian doll show on Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In the first couple episodes. There's a ther- I think that one of the mom characters is a therapist, and she's in an office, and the- she has an LED light that's going back and forth. Yes, and she's talking to a guy. That's what I know. That's, that's what I know. EMDR. Yes, yeah, I know somebody that's, that had some EMDR. traumatic moments in their life, and they said they got to return back to them, and like the flashing light back and forth offered them the opportunity to re-enter those circumstances as an as an adult, and like. Uh, forgive themselves as a child and kind of understand like yeah. that they were not in like it, it's a matter of like taking all of those those uh the thoughts that they had built around those moments the light or the sound disrupts that so they can re-enter it with like their current mindset and kind of forgive the child that was there dealing with all of this shit and was not responsible for anything well, there's something there's something to do with the the movement back and forth, like in that show in that scene, the, the LED it's like an LED bar and it's going left and right, and and what ha- what happens in in my therapy is that you know my therapist just uses her hand, so you I end up following with her with my eyes, and it's she's guiding it, okay? You like you know, and I'll be I'll describe uh, the scene, whatever it is. 
Um, and it, I will describe it in like extreme detail where I'm feeling in my body. And at first, you know, it may not like the first time it, like I, I couldn't even really like, I was like, what is this? Who cares? Like what? I don't, I don't, I can't really like, I don't, what's the point of this? And then like the next thing I know, like I'm crying, you yeah. know, like it is just boom there. And it wasn't even about the thing that I was describing and like just revelation after revelation after revelation. And that was the thing that got me to let go of the anxiety and be able to let information in and hear people again. I mean, I'm talking like life changing stuff, dude. Uh, I highly recommend anybody listening. If they're, you know, if they're looking for a therapist, find one that practices EMDR too. Cause it's, especially if you have any sort of traumatic, like anything. And like, I don't know who doesn't to be honest. You know, and well, that, that kind of, that kind of a thing. I mean, it is, you get these, these thoughts will just stick with you and it's not like you don't even get to process them. Right. Right. Like, you know, your body doesn't give you a, an option. Well, and, so, and I've, I've been on that tip for a while now, uh, including with my own journey and everything is that like, we have to stop respecting all the thoughts. Like all of your thoughts mm-hmm. are worthless. Like all of the thoughts are not like these, they're not genuine. You know, the thought that, that thinks you, that makes you think like, oh, this is the greatest moment of my life will also say like, you're a piece of shit person that deserves nothing, you know? And like, we have to figure out, Mm -hmm. like, we have to figure out the weight of these things and how valuable they are to us. But we can't think, like, I can't just, because I'm driving down the road, like on the freeway and like, I have a thought that's like, I'm a terrible father. Like, I can't spend the rest Mm. of my day, like, hemming and hawing about how I'm a terrible father. Like, that's not a valuable thought. Just because it happened does not mean it's important. And uh, with a lot of the lot of the the thoughts that we have in our mind, they are not ours. As, As much as we believe that there's a self, there absolutely isn't one. And we have internalized the dialogue of our parents and our grandparents that have judgments about things. You know, the eye doesn't see the Mm -hmm. brain sees the eye doesn't see shit. The eye is a pair of glasses and everything that you look at in everything that you look out from your eyes and see is judged and quantified by your fucking brain. And those thoughts are not pure at all. Those thoughts are all informed by horrible toxic toxic status quo bullshit that was handed down from older people. You know, we have to like step away from, we have to step away from determination. We have to step away from like knowing everything. We have to step away from all of these thoughts being important. And like what I like, what I always preach to everybody is being comfortable in the mystery. Like once you can find yourself being okay with not knowing, once you can find yourself with like not an answer for everything and you're fine with that, like that's where the calm, that's where the peace comes to me, you know, because like, uh, when you have those fucked up ways of looking about things from trauma and shit, even if you see everything is negative all the time. That's very comforting because you have a solid answer about stuff. The world is fucked up. I'm fucked up. I'm a piece of shit. I'm, you know, like all these, all these things that are handed down, they are, they are solidified and they're concrete. Like these thoughts that you have that just spring up out of nowhere, they are something that can be grabbed onto. But once you can step away from all of it and be in the moment without any sort of like definition or understanding about everything that's going on and be okay with it. Like that's, that's where I feel like the freedom comes from. Once you stop saying like, 
I have nothing to do. And once you start saying like, I can do anything I want to do, like th- that's the same coin, yeah. you know, Pick like this phone and call you right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. I didn't even think about it. I just, all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was standing up and walking over to my phone, like right. watching a live YouTube stream, pause, get up, call. I didn't even think you were just doing it. So my wife, yeah. And you could have right wasted, you could have wasted <laughs> 90 minutes of your life, like just thinking about it and like figuring out whether you oh, want to do I it or not. That? Whether I've called them, I don't know. You're going to say, me. I'm going to sound like an asshole. Like I don't have anything to say. I'm nobody. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you, got, you, you spent 90 minutes of your on, asshole. Start talking. Right. You could have, you could have, you spend 90 minutes of your life doing the anxiety, doing all of these things. Like when you can just get it over with, uh, it, yeah, and, just do it. But, you know, it is really hard. The programming that is handed down to us just feels so important and real. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's just such oh, a, yeah. it's a huge challenge to step away from things that feel that solidified, you know, uh, and moving. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not belittling that at all. It's absolutely not an easy task. No, no. Like, but you say, you say journey and that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it, it it's, um, you know, it's a matter of rethinking things and it's a minority of people that ever go down it. And at the end of the day, I don't feel, I don't like hold it against anybody else that can't go there because there's just so much in this world that prevents people from, you know, yeah. questioning or finding the relief that they need. Like it, it's, it's a system that's set up against us as far as that's concerned. In like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think this. I mean, I well, I think I, I have been. You know, that's one of the reasons why I called in, is to is to change that system a little bit. You know, and to try to relieve the stigma. And I do it throughout my daily life now. You know, um, about just trying to give peace to others too. You know, yes. that, I, that I that I come encounter to. That's where I'm at. Eric, encounter. You know. That's what I mean, you know, and that's what I like. That's like my my half of this like project is like radical selfishness is what I say in that. Like if I win, everybody else wins. And, you know, once like now that I'm good with myself, like this is what I've been trying. Like the people in my life is like, get your shit together. And once your shit is together, like you can start helping other people get their shit together. And like, that's, that's what pays off for me is that I can use, I, I now have the time I've spent, the, like, I've spent the time I've spent all of the, I've spent the attention on making sure things are okay with me. And like, now it's a matter of, I can help other people. Like I'm no longer, if, now that I'm not spending 90 minutes being like, I'm now that I'm like depressed for like a whole month out of the year or like six months out of the year, I have a lot of extra time on my hands to do other shit, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Which, you know, was there the whole time. It was, you know, it just wasn't yours. You know, it just, it, it, it just, you, it just wasn't yours to have at that, right. at that time. It just, you know, and, uh, you know, even if it's just if it's just ourselves in our own heads, like it, that's very powerful. It's but, you know, and yeah, we can we can turn it off and we can go we can we can all go do our errands and go to our jobs, you know. But when we get back to that, you know, the wee hours in the morning and it's just us, it comes back in there, right? You know, and yeah. and you've got to you got to deal with it. it has, it's not going to go away. 
I, th- I but to me like the exciting thing about it is like talking to that kid that's 21 years old and you know being close to oh, twice God, as, yeah. being close to twice his age now and like being at the point where I'm at and realizing that like I get to live another lifetime and that I understand that like the anxiety is a waste of time and that if I go do meals on wheels or food not bombs instead I'm going to get a much better return on my investment you know I can spend sure, I could yeah. I could spend all day worrying about my situation or I could do an hour of charity and be fucking elated for a whole week, you know, for a whole month. Like that, that brings joy to me in a way that cuts through all of the like speculative bullshit about how I'm like a piece of shit narcissist or whatever, like bullshit thoughts come into my brain, you know, it's, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have a, a thought to do something that you would think is fun or, you know, or could help somebody else. And you know, the next, automatic thought is no that would be stupid but before between those two thoughts was your gut saying yeah 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 yes. yeah, yeah fucking let's do that that sounds awesome then you say fuck you gut like shut up and then that gut will come back to haunt you yeah because it didn't like get its voice heard Happy, and like, it's not okay we got we got we got two brains we got two brains well, I mean, we mistake ourselves that like happiness is like a mode that or like a lane that we can just click into and we'll be happy all the time, which is never the case. I mean, life is, you know, it's the drama mask, it's the crying and it's the laughter. But like we can reorient our, our existence towards one that points towards joy. Like we can make sure that we're making decisions, that we're around the people that make us laugh, that make us smile, that make us forget about all the bullshit. We can pr- we can spend our time on helping folks. We can spend our time uh, at work, even with another plan. Like if you're if you're going to a job nine to five and you hate it, I completely understand. But if you're setting, if you're, you could also set money aside to get out of there or to work on your own thing or to figure something else out. Like we can be mindful about our existence in a way that promotes our own joy and happiness. Like. Like I said, be selfish as fuck. Like the more selfish I've been in my life, the more like houses have been paid off, the more lawyers have been paid for, the more everything has gone better for other people around me. The the that I've like focused on being a happier person that uh in my life, you know? Yeah, and that's what makes people like you. Yeah, Brett's a Brett is the most driven guy. I, seriously, Brett's like the most driven guy I know, and like uh, he's like a really incredibly smart guy about like moving forward, and he's he's always like, like basically like I'm sort of worthless in a way, and that like not worthless. I'm not saying I'm worthless, dude. I'm I bring a lot to this thing, but like a a uh, most of what I do is sort of give orders to ask people to make things happen that I want to happen. And then there's a bunch of people that work for us that can make those things happen, you know? And I then put everything like uh, with the mini series, right? I now just throw my whole self into mini series and like, uh, still, I still steer the show and put the show together. But I I think like the thing I admire I think the thing that Brett does that is like really something that that people I don't even think they know it, but like I mean, like we always wanted to do live shows, 
And we always wanted those live shows to be special. We didn't want them to be just live podcasts. We wanted them to be something different from what we do on the show. And uh, we talked and talked and talked about it. And then Brett was like, I'm going to figure out how to book one. And he just started sending emails. And then he found a place and he booked the place. And it was like, we should do one in Louisville. And then he went and found the place, booked the show, and then like built sort of this rapport and this idea, knew what people wanted to hear so that we could book these places. And then he booked a bunch of tours and he got to a point, we got to a point where we had enough money to do it. And we hired like my wife and Brett was like actually able to teach her. He was able to pass that skill onto her and now she's doing it. And it's like, Making like I can, I I make content happen on this show, and I take it very seriously, and I spend almost all my time thinking about it. But like Brett, like makes all the other stuff happen, like everything else that has to happen, the behind the scenes stuff. Brett like is able to make that happen. Plus, he's good on the radio, but and and like I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without you. So. It's one of those things. Maybe find a team, find a partner. You got to find a partner. You know, I feel and I feel a huge privilege to be a, a a guy that met probably the person I've had the most connection in my life with outside of my wife, and maybe even the same as my wife in a, in a in a weird way. And that like men our age don't make friends and don't meet each other. Like a st- you can look at statistics about that, and that like I met this guy, and I have this like really good friend that like I could confide in, and I trust, and I trust to run everything, I trust to handle all the money and stuff like that, and like without even looking at it, I don't even fucking look at it. I don't know anything about what's going on because I don't want to because it stresses me out. But like, uh, you know, knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and being able to like fix your strengths and weaknesses. Like if you have some, but Brett is very good at one thing and I'm very good at another thing. No, I mean the, the downfall, the downfall for me 100% is to think that I'm better than everybody else. And like I would treat everybody like shit that isn't like high performing like me or isn't like the one that takes over the group project and does everything. And like that's where you lose everybody. And that, like, I had to realize that other folks have other things that I can't offer and that it makes me happy to be always on and that I can't expect that out of everybody else. Because I, that's the problem we have when it comes down to work, whatever it may be, distribu- distribution of labor, is that for someone like me, this stuff comes naturally, but I also could not re- rely on my own. Vali- like, I couldn't make this work by myself. I need you. I need other people to make things work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And, and like, I mean, I'm not that's saying why, I'm worth it. It's I like say- it's like I would I could be like I would call myself Jeff Bezos and take more from everybody else because I'm the brainchild, like making things work, and that's bullshit. Like that's a complete fucking lie. Like everybody that's in charge. From the beginning, what Street Fight has been about is that, like, you cannot be the CEO of McDonald's and not think that you're just as much, you have just as much value as the person that dips the fries. Because without somebody serving the fucking hamburgers and dipping the fries, you have nothing. And so, like, 
when we go into stuff like we I split it equally with everybody. I don't expect a bigger cut and I don't expect anything from anybody else besides what they're good at, you know? Like I I will do my part and and that's what makes me feel great. And I I'm done like worrying about other people and comparing or figuring out what other people should be doing because that's going to be fucking miserable. If I expected everyone to be like me, I would be miserable for the rest of my fucking life. That's the downfall of existence is thinking that you know everything and that folks should be why be like you you fucked your life up every time yeah as soon as you have as soon as you have a guidebook and like i said i go in i go into street fight i i i downplay what i do because okay so i like doing my role in the show like it gives me it's the path of least resistance for me and it's like you know, in my life, I wanted Street Fight to be a certain thing. Like, I have a mind for it, and I have an aesthetic for it, and I, I know what I want it to be. And I have a, also a relatively good idea of what Brett wants it to be, content-wise, not anything else. And, like, I think content is a very important part of the thing, and I tend to, like, outline things and create a lot of the stuff that we talk about comes from things that I've worked on and like a lot of the stuff on the mini series feed, I'm going to be doing it and working very hard on it. And I am like taking things very seriously, but like when you do my role in a thing, you do feel like, okay, so like there's a bunch of people doing shit work <laughs> that I consider shit work. That Brett likes spreadsheets. He told me one day, like, I don't even. I like doing spreadsheets. They're satisfying. And well, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? about? I like to about? visualize information. I'm. I do have that binary brain. Right, but for me, I don't have that, and I don't like doing it. And I like to just think of what the funny things we're gonna say are. <laughs> you know, like I like to give you a topic and let you go, and then me go, and then you go. So, you know, I'm putting shows together and shit it's just i don't know i i i i can't recommend enough like you know trying to find somebody that fills in your weak spots or trying to work on your weak spots as much as you can i mean some people just have weak spots well yeah when you brian i think it was like this last uh i don't know it was the last basement show when you mentioned eight packs of the seltzer water shit dude i was dying i was oh, really? kind of rolling in my car like i'm on work i'm at i was i'm at work Right, I'm driving around, I'm just delivering, and like I'm just, I'm like, oh my god, that it's like you just you hit a node, you find you find these nodes, Brian, in my in my world that they're like, yep, 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 and like you got you got the finger on the pulse, man, it's for real, like that's exactly exactly right. Well, that's and, that, and time and time again, you know. I think that's a, I I think of like. If somebody ever asked me what me and Brett's like main skill is, what what the thing we're best at is, we're best at knowing well like we're best at knowing what'll like first rile up our listeners and we're also the best at kind of like uh we know what what is happening. We're good at seeing what is happening before it's happening and we're good like I, I said this on the Opie and Anthony Shocktober episode that like the downfall of Opie and Anthony was that they were egomaniacs and that uh, Aunt Opie hired Anthony 
And they hired Jim Norton. And those guys were very talented and very funny. And Opie was not a funny guy. It wasn't his role to be funny. His role was to steer the show. Now, yeah. now, I said this on the show and I'm saying this again. I steer the show and I'm still funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't think his job was that hard. And he would always be like, I don't have to be funny. I steer the show, blah, blah, blah. You know, get all the jokes in. And, and it's like... uh and it's like steering the show is is like relatively easy and and making it happen works but it is an integral part of making street fight the way that street fight is now which is the most successful time of it ever and, happening you i mean know? and i don't like i don't i don't fucking pay attention to like the show before it happens i literally just get like drunk and high and then just have brian tell me what we're going to talk about like live on air yeah they're like i i worry about everything else besides what the show is gonna be well so, i think and, and like been, that's that for me well, is yeah. that in a way is for me is yeah, like because you've had sorry go ahead You've had, you know, you've had your head in a spreadsheet for the rest of the time. Right. Now like, is your time to finally relax. Yeah, like, I, I am, I like, basically all I do is ride Brian's coattails and take admission. Like, that's what I'm doing is all of the paperwork to make sure we don't get sued by the government. <laughs> but when it comes to the show like, stuff. I gotta get on this ride, but I gotta have all this, my shit together to get on this ride. I can't miss this fucking ride. Absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. in a way, you know, like, but that's all I need, like, I, you know, it's a matter of, I guess, like the theme of this, it's a matter of playing a role. And, you know, in this world, as you get older, you 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 understand that some folks are playing their role or people uh, find a slot that they can get get in. And like that is very important because I, you know, could fuck myself over as far as like believing my own shit about how good I am in my own thing. But I'm nothing without like other people, which is, you know, that's just existence, you know. You know, it's trust, you know, trust and vulnerability. Yeah. Trust it's and vulnerability. A, and it goes so far. It really does go so far. Like, uh, like I, I, I've, I, I'm somebody that like soaks up a lot of other people's problems or like really heavy topics and stuff. And every time someone has told me about things things about them it's only helped me like interact with them better if someone says like i have a ridiculous amount of anxiety about this topic like it's nothing for me i'm a natural people pleaser so it's nothing for me to like move like i i can just revolve around it like i can adjust how i come at things based upon what you tell me but if inside you're just like living a fucking nightmare of anxiety when you're interacting with me like i have no idea until you let me know and that's how most people are most other people can't adjust to somebody but you know that radical candor is really hard to believe like it's really hard to believe that it's going to be beneficial it just seems like it's going to peg you as like deficient or as like a a a a like a loose end, like something that has to be taken care of, but it will only, it will only get other more people to understand with you, understand like you as a person interact with you better. You know, like, I don't know, like, like I've always said, like with my wife, like when I met her, like I was at a time in my life where I'm going to say everything that I feel is true. That makes me feel good. That I'm, that I'm comfortable with. And whoever wants to be around me after that is like my people, you know, like if you can love me when I say 
the stuff that like I really feel, then like that's all I need. Like you can't go any further than that, you know? Yeah. Um, just and, and getting to getting to that, like getting to that point, the, the faster, the better that you can yeah. say you really feel. Yeah. You have to punch through that. I mean, you, you really do have, have to, to be, punch through. Yeah. Well, thanks for the yeah, call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank hey, you for calling you know, in. Great. I'm thank you for having me. You Not a, a problem. Uh, it was a great show. Good call in. We had a few. We didn't have as many calls as last time, but like I, I, I feel like the shit. Everybody, we're pissed. This now. is a monumental show. I feel like I'm getting a lot of messages about this one. If you loved it, please let us know. I want to know. I would like to also end this show by saying I don't need car advice. I've handled the car spectacularly. Also, uh, also, Brian is great at dinner, and like all men are great at dinner. You I know, like all just men are so great many at men dinner. are just cooking dinner now. Brian did all men on that shit. <laughs> but I'm not, not me. I, I, I cook dinner. God damn it! I'm a. You got offended by the meme. Oh, it wasn't that. It wasn't all men are great at dinner. It was saying that like I. Even in the premise of the day, they were saying most men make dinner. It's true. And oh, like... Oh, oh, wait, wait. You mean the, the research they did? And statistic. Well, I don't know what... Yeah, they, yeah. I, let me... Statistically. Right, right. That's what I mean. The research. But I, I think like... I just think it's more of a thing than ever. And I, I do think it's odd that we know people that... They do that to their wives. I think that's horrible, and they should learn how to fucking yeah, cook. Yeah, that's true. But sometimes you can do other shit. Like you can kill enough bugs to like earn a free dinner, right? Yeah, take out. The <laughs> I mean, it, listen, take out enough trash, you get a free dinner out of it. I sort of feel like get a like, country fried steak. I sort of feel like you deserve to have your meals made every night. By look, if my wife was making my meals every night, I'd probably go out to eat more. Like, I would be like, let's not have yeah. this weird soup you made. And then, uh, but, you know, she knows I don't like soup. But her all of her suggestions are just horrendous. It's like, how about avocado toast with, like, egg in it? Like, you just do, like, a, a hard-boiled egg and you yeah. mash it in. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like, that sounds like something that would actually make me barf. Right. Until next week. You know? It's a long barf. Right. And uh, she, she, she just... I mean, and there's crazy times, man, because me and Gwen will be like, we want uh, Dave's Cosmic Subs, and she'll be like, oh, fine, I'll just eat at home. And it's like, oh, you make us feel bad. Make you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ruin that's a, it. That's a baller move. It's an yeah, I'm going to eat a peanut butter and jelly. Go ahead and spend all the money in the bank. Yeah. We, well, you know what it was? Before we end the show, we got... No minutes left. Yeah, we're over time. This is overtime. I'm just gonna do one. Well, we we're getting paid. Minutes. We're thirty five dollars or no thirty dollars an hour right now. This is two minutes overtime. Okay, we'll so, prorate it. What? We'll prorate that. Yes, yeah, two minutes of overtime. Um, I like I will cook dinners, and I don't mind cooking the dinners, but my wife uh, always wants some weirdo shit, so she's just like, I'll just cook it. I'll just cook the fucking dinner. You know what I mean? So, uh, I like burgers and shit. I like to make fun stuff. I know she's not a burger fan. She's not. My wife does. I think me and my wife have 100% different food tastes. So, on the last weekend, 
before me and you are gone for 10 days, two weekends, very long time, right? It is, there is one tactic. Oh, okay. There are two tactics I can get to hang out with my whole family at the same time. One, take them shopping for sure. them. Yeah. For Gwen. You know what I mean? Two. You do some Katie shopping. Well, no, she actually, what's happening now is she's just taking the money you Venmo her and spend it all on clothes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I like it so. too. I want her to buy stuff for herself. Yeah. I wasn't mad. I even offered to switch it to my uh, Venmo so that she could use my credit card. And um, well, I don't want you in charge of the money. You're going to spend it on yourself. I wasn't putting her in charge of the money. I was. No, saying, I'm saying you in charge of the money. But I would hand her the card. I don't need. I can't spend it anywhere without the fucking card. You know. Yeah. And uh, I was going to hand over my card to her so she could do it. And then I was just like. She was like, I, I was online, and, and she's like, I'm going to order $169 worth of clothes. And I was like, you go, girl. You know? And she also said, Brett uh, paid me $200. She's lying about her wages. She's lying about her hours. I fuck She spent so much time. I'm like, you did not do that. Like, that's bullshit, because, like... I feel like I've texted you more hours than you reported. Like, there's no fucking way that you've worked that little amount of time. Dude, you don't know. You don't know how much I talk She's to lying. about She's lying. bullshit. And, and she, she lies, lies like a motherfucker. She does. And she lies for the fucking wrong reason. Right. Like she should be getting what she paid to what she deserved. And it's like, Brett wants to pay you what you deserve and for what you work. And she's like, my time is so hard to figure out. And I was like, round it up. Yeah, you just keep rounding it up, and she like acts like I don't know if it's like because it's me saying it that I don't do the money stuff, right? But but she was like, he paid me two hundred dollars, and I was like, okay, like that sounds about right. And she was like, it's more than it's eighty dollars more than I should have made, and I was like, "Ah, yeah, but like. He probably doesn't believe your hours. I wouldn't believe your hours. No. I think you're horrendous. She told me that hours. before she goes to bed, she asked you about fucking stuff for the tour. And like, that's worth like hazard pay to me. Like if you, if before you go to bed at night, you're thinking about my business, like that's hazard pay. I know. Like you should she just talks. do it. Like you should right. have it shut off. Like you should just, you, if I were her in her position, I would put on a fucking egg timer. Like I would literally. Do it 15 minutes at a time and charge every single fucking 16th minute. Every, can I tell you, every conversation, every, every, every three conversations has to do with her asking me stuff about Street Fight. And it's just like, dude, I don't fucking know these you things. spend way too much time thinking about it to not get paid. I know. That's what I tell you. I, I kept telling her, I said, when you think about something... That it benefits the show and moves the show forward. That's, that's fucking money. working. And what you did for this West Coast tour is you made this t- show move forward in the most comfortable way we could possibly have it happen. I mean, I think it's really well booked. I think this one's really well booked because I remember the drive from uh, Seattle to Portland wasn't that bad. And uh, that's our three shows in a row kind of thing. But that undercover boss show is going to be fun. Believe me. And if you can go to both shows in Seattle, I highly recommend it. Because the uh, the uh, undercover boss show has uh, tons of special guests. 
and you'll be watching Undercover Boss. We're right. trying to figure out the episodes right now. You'll be um, surprised. I have two that I'm pushing for. That should I say I'm on the show or like, you know, should I look a little more? Let's wait till they get there. All right, I'll look. Thanks for, a for listening more. to Street Fire Radio. This is the call-in show. We appreciate your input. Thanks to everybody that called in. You can find us on Patreon.com/StreetFightRadio if you want to support what we do. Continuing to spread this mess across the U.S. is what we want to do. Eventually, to every single corner of the flat Earth, uh, we're going to just like level it all. No more billionaires. No more millionaires. None of that bullshit. Everybody's getting by uh, with just food and uh, shelter, like you know, old times. Uh, we, if you want to write into the show, streetfightradio at gmail.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at streetfightwcrs on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, on Twitch, we're streetfightradio, but we will be back on Wednesday to do another live broadcast. Peace. <laughs>